This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Okay, this is brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. We had a few sound bites over the last few days. Um, kids in school, you know, college. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that are protesting... Israel and doing all that nasty stuff and saying things that they, they don't even understand what they're calling for. Did you get hate mail about that? No. Okay. Good. Did you? No. Okay. No, no, no. I, I just that um, you always hear. There was one that we play a soundbite we played yesterday that you gave me, where the reporter asked the uh, woman how long you've been su- supporting Palestine, and there was a gay guy there, and and she says three years for years now is what she says. You know, maybe on the fly I can find it here. I'm sorry. I'm just all It's called Palestinian protesters, if you're looking for it. Yeah. Palestinian protesters. Uh, Give me a second here. I'll give you a second. You can have all the seconds you want. You hear it. It's Palestinian support. Was that it? All right. So this was yesterday. Listen to this. Well, when did you guys start supporting Palestine? I've supported Palestine for a couple of years. Since the beginning. Like, since it has been hitting the fan. Uh, What made you? Just... Supporting like essential human life. Really not that complicated. It boils down to basic human rights. Do you know that they behead gay people in Gaza? I know. That. Anyway, so that so that played that yesterday, and that's not the first soundbite like that where they're asking some people in the street some questions about what they're protesting, and they know nothing, absolutely zero zilch, nothing. But they act like they're authorities on it. They even have signs mm-hmm. they spent hours on, and all their friends, you know, basically they just want to do what the cool kids are doing without right. understanding what they're actually doing. And most of them are calling for the death of Jews. I don't get how you could spend all day marching around and yelling and flailing. You're not getting paid anything. And you don't even know what you're doing there. Well, then again, some of them get paid like back when Black Lives Matter was burning cities down. But that's another story. So anyway, but the question comes up a lot of times, or not the question, but the statement is, hey, you know, I know you're all for Palestinians, but do you know that in that country and most Muslim nations, gay people get thrown off buildings and executed? Right. And then you hear the dumb response, which is like this woman here. What was her response? She's like, she said, so do you know how many gay people and trans and and trans people are murdered in the USA? Yeah, I think one. I know that Israel doesn't support gay people either. Israel has the biggest population (laughs) next to San Francisco. Absolutely. So you see, they don't know anything, Mm -hmm. but they're calling for the death of Jews and they don't understand around the world. Gay people like her and her little buddy there uh, get executed just for being who they are. She's like, people get killed here, too. It's like not all of them. Just to give you an example, you people, if you know somebody like this, I want you to look this. I'll give you the headline because you can Google it. Russia LGBT police. Do you hear me? Mm -hmm. Raid gay clubs. 
because you know what? It is illegal. According to the Supreme Court of Russia, they have outlawed the LGBTQ movement. So you can't be gay there, or no. at least openly gay. And that's Russia. This isn't a primarily Muslim country. Yeah, um, in Muslim countries, you don't even have a, there's not a day in court, they just throw you off a building. And people cheer. It's not like it's just the people doing it that are bad. The people, the crowd down in the bottom of the building where they're mm-hmm. throwing the gay guy off, cheer. So stupid people like that shouldn't open their mouths. Go get a hobby. You're supporting literally an entire movement that's calling for the end of your extinction while you're supporting the extinction of other people. Club goers in Russia were briefly held, and this was a raid around the country. This was an organized police raid. According to the Telegram uh, and one of the channels in Russia, the police said they were searching for drugs and gay activity. Really? And LGBTQ members. City officials have not commented so far. In the middle of the party, the music was stopped. Cops began going into the lounges where eyewitnesses told the outlets there were foreigners in there. Some were gay. They were acting gay, (laughs) whatever that means. I don't know what that means. Sofa, another Telegram channel, said three clubs were raided Friday night in Russia's capital. Photos and videos have emerged on social media purportedly showing the police van. Officers outside of one club arresting homosexuals. The raid came a day after Russia's Supreme Court declared what it described as LGBT public movement and extremist organizations are now banned. Extremist organizations. So LGBTQ and extremist organizations like terrorists are one and the same in Russia. And these people here in the United States at their universities with the Ivy come outside acting like they know what they're talking about and then they pontificate on how horrible the U.S. is to gay people. I know that Israel doesn't support gay people either. Israel has the biggest population. Israel has the biggest population of gay people in the world. Do you know how many gay people die in America? Do you know how many trans people have been killed in America this year? How many? Do you know? I don't. Oh, so you're coming here to ask me questions and you don't have the facts yourself? Do you? You're stupid. You know, somebody put a meme up and I thought it was genius and it said it had a group of people holding up a sign that said queers for Palestine and it was a split screen and on the other side it said this makes just about as much sense as chickens for KFC. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. That's really good. All right. So um, remember the other day, I don't know if you remember, I said I I feel like something bad's about to happen. And then there was, uh, was it Thomas Sowell or was it somebody else? No, it was uh, the guy from the Hoover Institute. Uh, what's his name? The Hoover Institute. Um, what's his name? The, the guy, we play him a lot. Anyway, he's a PhD, whatever. He's a professor at the Hoover Institute. He's a fellow, not a professor. Okay. So anyway, he, he was saying the same thing. He goes, he just feels like there's something bad about to happen. Well, it's been confirmed that something bad is about to happen from the FBI director, Christopher Wray. Uh-oh. Now, obviously, the FBI is asking for more money, and most Americans now don't trust the FBI, so it's going to be an uphill battle for them. So now they're using the angle of, like, things are getting dangerous. However, I do believe that he's telling the truth here. Lindsey Graham is talking to the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, appointed by Trump, and he says, hey, are there some blinking lights like we had before 9-11? And here's uh, here's what he said. How would you describe the threat matrix against America today? 
from your point of view after having been at the FBI most of your adult life? So what I would say that is unique about the environment that we're in right now in my career is that while there may have been times over the years where individual threats could have been higher here or there than where they might be right now, I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated all at exactly the same time. That's what makes this environment that we're in now. Blinking red lights analogy about 9-11, all the lights were blinking red before 9-11. Apparently, obviously, all of us missed it. Would you say that there's multiple blinking red lights out there? I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. Whoa. Now, look, I don't think I'm, this is hyperbole when I say this. What do they call that when you get a little suitcase ready and stuff? I know uh, that sounds crazy. Just prepare, being prepared. Just be prepared. I'm, like you I'm, would for a hurricane? Yeah. Just, just, I, I, I know that we are coddled, we are complacent, uh, we're fat, most of us can't run, uh, and that, uh, you know, you can't imagine anything like that happening here. <laughs> Hell, we just had our Christmas parade. I mean, but look, it, it, it's, it's a dangerous moment we live in time right now. Between Israel and Hamas and Russia and Ukraine, which has been very silent lately, and the there's 25 different hot wars going on right now. 25. We're nearing a record at this moment. The world is on fire. Okay, but uh, President Biden is preaching on climate change that it might go up a degree or so. So just keep that in mind. Be ready because um, there may be... Remember... Terrorists don't value life, okay? Nope. You, it's been proven over and over again. What they did October 7th should prove that to you, unless you're one of these indoctrinated college students who don't know what the truth is. Um, they don't value our lives especially. They want us to go down. Where are the soft spots? What would make people more upset to attack than anything else in this entire country? People. Yeah, but where? What people wear and what time of year? Uh, Christmas time, children, elderly, something like that. And where are children? Disney, Universal, Orlando is the center of families during the holidays. Thanksgiving. You could say that about California, too. You could say that about California, but more so Disney. Remember, California does have Disneyland, Mm -hmm. but Disney World is where it's all happening. I mean, we have Universal and we have SeaWorld. And we, we are the send, we're the, we have the most tourists in the entire world during the holidays and just about every other time of the year. So where are the soft targets? Do you see like we have Patriot defense missiles here in Orlando? I don't think we do. So I'm just telling you. I feel like they'd go where a population would be more. Like I was, I got to be honest, I was a little on edge watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, in yeah, New Man- York, in New York City, we have some Air Force bases down here. Though. Yeah, we do. Yeah. No, you're right. Manhattan is a target, but where would it hurt the most? Children, and where are the most children in their eyes, and pretty much my eyes too, is Orlando. Remember, you just read the survey it was about two weeks ago. It just came out yesterday. The majority what's the- of what's the state where most people move is Florida. And where's the state where people have the most fun? Orlando City. Orlando was number two. Where's the city that uh, hosts the most tourists? Orlando. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm. I'm look, somebody has to say it. The news won't tell you any of this because they don't want to upset you. Well, look, it'll be really upsetting if something happens and you don't, you're not prepared for it. Just make sure your passports are updated. I'm just telling this is not something to be taken lightly. And when the FBI director, who's, who's not really, you know, he's not on our side. I mean, think about it. The FBI, who are they investigating with terrorist tags? Parents who go to school board meetings. I'll tell you what, though. They know a lot more... At- 
they don't share half of it because the people would be in panic. Um, my best friend's mom growing up worked for the FBI and she would tell my mother little tidbits that she knew that would never be on the news that they would never warn people about. She called my mom, I'll never forget one night and said, is Joe going out tonight? I was in high school and she said, I think it was on a Friday and she said, yeah, and she was telling her not to, don't go out this entire weekend. And she was like, okay, why? She said, it's gang initiation weekend. And it's just going to be really dangerous out there. So she would she would tell all of us and be, but they wouldn't put it on the news. No, because the news is not there to tell you the truth. They're there to please their sponsors. That's all they're there for. Seriously. Uh, here's an example: flight from Orlando to uh, what was this last night? No, Tuesday night. Flight from Orlando had to make an emergency landing Tuesday in Jacksonville. The FBI is investigating a threat made to that flight. According to the FAA, around 6 p.m., Breezeway Airways Flight 717 landed in Jacksonville. The flight's landing came after a passenger disturbance was reported. Uh, Due to the disturbance, the flight was diverted to Jacksonville. The flight left from Orlando uh, to Rhode Island. In a statement, Breezeway Airlines said there was an argument between two passengers. This evening, Breezeway Flight 7... I don't believe that. I mean, I'm sure there was an argument between two passengers, but the the story that originally came out was that it was an FBI threat. Really? Yeah, that there was a threat. Well, what's it? Did the, is there a statement at the bottom there? FBI Jacksonville has responded and is working with partners to ensure the safety. You know, blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. The airline says they are providing passengers with accommodations, et cetera, et cetera. What, what airline what are you talking, was it? This is Breezeway Breezeway Airlines. Oh, I've never heard of that. Um, what is it that you're uh, asking about? Well, I mean, they're. Did I? Which one did you use? Mine or yours? Oh, he's saying, I think he's oh, telling oh. you there's audio for it. There is? No, I don't have any audio for it. Oh, okay. Well, we no, don't know. I mean, like a little tight-lipped where normally they're like, here's what happened, here's the guy, here's who got kicked off, and here's what was going on. Yeah, they were very, it was very, uh, what's that? Vague? Vague. Yeah. yeah. It's like whenever there's a, a, a bomb threat for something, we're like, oh, no, I a suspicious package. And I'm like, tell me what it was. What well, was deemed to be not a threat. Yeah, but what was the package? <laughs> Yeah, it was very vague. So, hey, this house that exploded near D.C., did you see this? Oh, my gosh. That was huge. So this guy's sitting in his house, uh, second floor, and he's got his phone trained on the house that the police are at. The police are executing a search warrant. We know more about the guy in there. But to just to let you know what happened, apparently, while the police were they're just about to go in and get him, because this guy has a background. The FBI is well, well aware of him. He's cuckoo in the head. He's been, uh, he was in a mental institution for like two months. Uh, but this is way back 2017. He thinks his neighbors are trying to kill him. He hates Trump. He hates DeSantis. He thinks that the FBI is after him. I mean, it's just a general, kooky, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy man. And his posts were getting, this is the part that kills me because we always know it's coming, yep. but we don't pay attention. His posts were getting more erratic as time went on. And he was uh, on LinkedIn, of all things. Really? Saying that uh, people were after him and he couldn't get a job because everybody knows that that he knows something. And that was unbelievable. Right. So he was behind on his property taxes. Uh, neighbors had enough of him. At one point, he tried to sell the house two years ago. When people would come to see the house, he would chase them off the property with a knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm from Remax. I'm here to help you sell the house. Get off my lawn. So he would chase him with a knife. Dude. So I guess at this point, uh, they got a search warrant for his house because of all this that was happening. They went to the house. He wouldn't come out. He had a gun. Uh, they got in a bit of a shootout. Nobody got hurt at that point. But apparently he filled the house with gas. Not gasoline, gas. Okay. And he had a flare gun. 
So uh, at, at the minute that the cops tried to enter the house, here's what he did. This is right before the house explodes. I mean, when you still hear the stuff raining down after a few seconds, that's yeah. that's three houses away. The the shingles were hitting the house three houses away. Whoa! Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, so apparently they know who he is now. His name is Yu, Y-O-O. We believe that the resident of the home, James Yu, 56, of Arlington, is the involved suspect. We are aware of concerning social media posts allegedly made by the suspect, and these will be reviewed as part of the ongoing criminal investigation. Do you have a cuckoo clock or something? So here's the last part of the story. During the inter- uh, interrogation after it all happened, uh, he predicted a surprise attack on his house on December 7th because it was the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And apparently the person behind it was Donald Trump. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't it be? Oh, man. Jeez. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Wow. All right. So, um... You know, we have a lot of professors right now, 100 of them at Harvard, that uh, back the Hamas terrorists and believe that, you know, from the river to the sea, let's exterminate all the Jews. And they egg on the students who they've indoctrinated over time to be the little foot soldiers and go outside and yell things they know nothing about. Oh, I love, I still love when they went up to the student and they're like, oh yeah, tell me which river and which sea. And the girl's like, what? They're like, You're, you have a sign that says from the river to the sea. What river and what sea? And she just picks up her stuff and walks off. That's what they all do. They don't know. They don't even know whether they're there. No, like I, I said, I, you couldn't even drag me out of bed if I wasn't like, oh, yeah, what is this? Like, you'd have to, I would have to know. I'd have to know. I don't just, oh, sure, I'll make a sign and go down there and yell and coherently just, you know, because right. everybody else is. <laughs> like, are you just following people down there? Is that what you're doing? So, um, this, uh, hearing yesterday, which uh, was the president of Harvard and the president of Penn State, uh, both, uh, you know, super uber liberal, who were making excuses for the students because it's gotten out of hand. Jewish students cannot walk from building to building to Mm -hmm. go to classes. They're afraid for their lives. They're being threatened. Mm -hmm. Not just like with signs like from the river to the sea. I mean, kill all Jews are signs they have to look at when they're going from one class to another. At night, they don't leave the dorms. Could you imagine? I don't even know how they're staying there. I would go home. Isn't it amazing you hear like these same colleges talk about hate speech? So one of the uh, senators asked the president of Harvard and said, what if um, people on campus were, uh, you know, hanging signs that says, kill all black people? Would you tolerate that? And she didn't have an answer. I mean, she had, she had some written That's answer. That's what I said. I said, what if you had groups marching on campus saying, kill all the gay people? There would be an uproar, rightfully so, but why isn't there an uproar for this? And then I came up with something unrelated that I didn't even know about Martin Luther King. This has nothing to do with what's going on with uh, Palestine. It was just something that accidentally came upon. Martin Luther King did a speech, and it speaks to just the general topic of of racism and all that, uh, and what's happening in our culture now, because... uh, I have stories later which involve Kamala Harris and Pepe Le Pew, uh, who is the White House spokes secretary. What's her name? Karina, Karine Jean Lupont, Mellencamp, and how those people got their jobs based on their skin color. Uh, because if you look at their qualifications and you look at their performances, you know they're not qualified for the jobs they're doing because, and Biden said it going in, I'm going to w- pick a black woman for both jobs. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter, Asian, white, doesn't matter. I'm picking a black woman. She just has to be black. Nothing else matters. 
you know, it's it's out there pandering. So I came across this lady. She's a history professor. I don't know which college it didn't list it there. And she was talking about September 5th, 1960, Greencastle, Indiana, at DePaul University. King was at the uh, church there doing a speech, Martin Luther King. And she talks about what King said in this speech. And this was just really interesting. Check out this quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Black supremacy is just as bad as white supremacy. And God is not interested merely in the freedom of black men. God is interested in the freedom of the whole human race and in the creation of a society where all men can live together as brothers. I am seeing so much black idolatry in modern day America right now. For example, Joe Biden saying that he was only going to choose a black woman for the Supreme Court justice. What about other races, Asian, Indian, white? They're not even considered. And then we have all of these commercials about black kings and black queens. Beyonce doing a whole special on Disney Plus, Black is King. Black supremacy is just as evil as white supremacy. Imagine if there was a White is King special on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, right? Now, before you send a hate mail, that was from the mouth of Martin Luther King. Yeah, you, you can see that. It's called Civil Rights Leader Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Speaks at DePaul Campus. And it takes you right to the story, has a transcript of the speech. That's why every time I hear all this crap of these politicians who are really racist and then claim they're followers of Dr. Martin Luther King, they don't know anything about Dr. Martin Luther King at all. And every time everybody takes off on Dr. Martin Luther King's, uh, you know, it's the birthday, right? Is that what the one we take off? And we take that day off and everybody's like, oh, Martin, Dr. They don't know anything about him or what he said because they don't practice anything he said. They practice the opposite of what he said. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. I hope it helped out. But, you know. I think you're going to have a lot of people that are going to not believe that that actually came out of his mouth. You did. Sorry. It's there. Now, John Kerry, uh, they're all at that, uh, what's it called, the COP28, the CO2 something summit, where they're all chanting about climate change, and mm. Hillary Clinton made up some numbers yesterday, that was really funny, where she said, oh, 61,000 people have died of heat, heat because of the climate change. In Africa, of all places. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, by the way, uh, in if you look up history, uh, per capita, that amount of people die every year of some, actually, four times the amount of people 61,000 die in Europe of cold every year. Wow. Four times. But we're not doing, we're not doing anything about climate cooling. No. Just climate mm-hmm. heating. Just that's climate, right. you know, global warming. So anyway, that's a, that's a beside the point. John Kerry, I call him Mr. Private Jet, flew there and lectured everybody how we have to stop these coal plants. They all have to go. They yeah, all have to go away. There. Does he realize what would happen if, that, if they actually did that? He doesn't, does he? Billions of people would die. Yeah, he doesn't. I think he has no clue. No, he doesn't care because no matter what happens in the world, he's got his bunker. He's worth billions of dollars. He can buy whatever he wants. So if, if all hell breaks loose, he's in a bunker somewhere. A luxury bunker. Probably has a swimming pool. Jeez. I mean, and Netflix. His wife is the heiress to the Heinz ketchup fortune. Mm-hmm. They're loaded. So mm-hmm. when Congress is like, Saul, you said you flew in a jet. I don't own a jet. I don't have a jet. No, your wife your does. Wi- well, yeah, but. That's not me. Uh, Nuh-uh. Well, anyway, he lectured us on how we should stop. Now he's going to go after air conditioners. So is Biden. Air conditioners, any cooling systems. So pretty much we're going to have to go to the Stone Age back and get ice blocks. I don't know where we're going to get those. Try and, and take my air conditioning from me. We're going to have to salt. We're going to have to salt our meat. Salt at one time was worth 
by, by the pound as much as gold because it's the only way you could preserve meat. And we're going to have to go back to that because you're not going to have a refrigerator. Because mm-hmm. John Kerry. <laughs> yeah. Did he fart too? Yeah. So that's what I was getting at. <laughs> but first, uh, let me play a little bit of what he said at this climate summit. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And, and the reality is that... Now, it's hard to detect there, but I think in the speech, this is how hypocritical he is, in the speech he's emitting CO2 gases. Methane, right? It's methane, right, Professor Stack? Yes, it is. It is methane. I mean, we enhance it with our special methane-enhancing audio equipment, uh-huh. and here, here you can actually hear it. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. You hear it right there? Oh, Yeah, a little burp. Talking right about again. a greenhouse gas. Exactly. And, and the reality is that... Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. There it is. He farted. Really? Well, d- if you watch the video, the girl sitting next to him, is she from CNN? I don't know who's next to him. Kind of looks, her face goes over to him like, what the hell was that? Yeah, and he did a little, I guess because he has so much money he can do this. He did a little cheek sneak. No, he leaned over? A little bit, just slightly. He was already Ugh. leaned over, but he was on stage in front of thousands of people. And he, and he just let one rip. People on a daily basis. There it is. <sighs> Telling you, you this think? guy flying a jet all over, telling you you got to worry about the climate. It, again, he's in his jet, just and he farts right in your right in your face. So disrespectful. <sighs> Hello, it is John Kerry, and it happens time and time again. You're speaking at a climate summit, and <laughs> well, not anymore. With new Kerry Bismol. It stops any sort of digestive problems in their tracks. But it isn't just for climate summits. No, sir. Whether you're at the office... Jenkins, the investors are in the conference room waiting. Sorry, boss. I just need to... Ah, Jenkins. Here, have some Carrie Bismol. Or if you're at home with your lady... Hey, honey, what do you say you and I, you know... Ooh, good idea. And... Eat some Carrie Bismol, please. No matter the situation, Carrie Bismol will help. Carrie Bismol for nausea, heartburn, indigestion, climate summit, diarrhea. In stores now. The Sunny Update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So I found this kind of interesting. You know how we were talking about the other day that FSU was left out of the CFP for the the college football playoffs. Um, Big controversy. They are undefeated, but they decided to pick Alabama as one of the four going to the playoffs, even though Alabama... um, has, has lost a game, but they beat Georgia, and they said that Alabama had a tougher schedule, and they left out FSU, and everybody was up in arms over it, rightfully so. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis now has found a way to stick his nose into college football, which is good. I like that when he gets involved in things. It's his state, after all. Uh, when FSU was left out, he vowed to put aside $1 million and let the chips fall where they may, he said, that money will reportedly go towards any litigation that may come as a result of this really, really poor decision by the college football playoff decision makers. So he gave him cash in case they Want to get a lawyer? He's he's nice. earmarking a million dollars in case there's any kind of litigation due to this. I wish I had a million dollars to earmark. Well, I'm not. A, I don't wear a jock strap, but um, it seems that the college playoff system has always been screwed up. It seems like it's even more screwed up. Now we have something that's manifesting itself because of that. I mean, well, they also how, how do you win a whole season and you don't even I get know. to do the because they don't have any respect for the the ACC. They isn't just don't. There, isn't there one of these like every other year though? Where, like, some team does incredible, and yeah, then they yeah, just but don't make it, even get, though you can't do any better. Yeah, but they get in another bowl. In this instance, this is, like, for the championship. Mm-hmm. And, right, am I correct? Yeah, so and you have the... they have an undefeated season, and they say, well, they didn't play, you know, it wasn't a difficult schedule. Yeah, because, like, you know Michigan, what? Is, you know, well, they're one of the bigger teams. They, had, they were undefeated. They beat Ohio. I think it was the game that qualified, because Ohio and Michigan were both undefeated, and then Michigan won, so they moved forward to the chance. They were picked. And two of the teams were undefeated. Two of the teams had one loss that were in the top four. Alabama happened to be one of them. And FSU, you know, they thought that they should have been picked above Alabama, but Alabama beat Georgia. And so they were just like, yeah, uh, FSU didn't really have a tough schedule. Alabama had to beat a bunch, like a lot of higher ranked, tougher teams. And so that's what they're saying. And they said Alabama was more deserving. And they're like, it's not about being more deserving. It's FSU had a perfect score. And and not even that, they had an injured player. I think it was a quarterback at the very beginning of the season, and they were putting in backup quarterbacks, and they still were winning. Yeah, yeah you can't that's, do any better. It's a good coach. But the thing, the, the, I forget what I was going to say. Well, Tampa, there's a company in Tampa, which I thought was cute. I think they're called Smack Apparel. They decided to make T-shirts. Of course. And, and it says, if you can't beat us, cheat us. And so Ooh. there's, a, and people are buying them like crazy. Well, because, I mean, it, it begs the question, if you, you can't do any better, I know. Now, the thing that I remember was the phrase, any given Sunday. And if you look at the NFL, and there's teams that, you know, uh, are undefeated so mm-hmm. far. They're doing great. They're scoring, anybody they play, they score 20 points on them, 30 mm-hmm. points. I mean, just ridiculous season they're having. And all of a sudden, somebody that has no record comes out of nowhere, beats them on that Sunday, any yep. given Sunday. Yep. That's how that phrase came out. Al Pacino was in a movie called Any Given Sunday. So it's like... All this because some guy sat around a table and made a judgment call, a totally subjective call. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's a 
money money call. Oh no, that no doubt that you know they think they're going to get higher ratings if Alabama's in it, and- which makes it even dirtier. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like, all right, which one's going to net us the most cash? All right, yep. well, you guys suck. We decided well, these guys are going to make us more. That's why I say professional ball is rigged. MLB, NFL, think about it. I mean, I always say that. Although World this series. past World Series was interesting because it didn't go all the way to the end when it usually does, but there yeah. was two random teams. Well, they got to have one or two years where it doesn't go all the way to the end so you don't get suspicious. Yeah. I mean, think of how much more money you'd net for a game six or game seven instead of ending thing in game, in game five. Yeah, but that's why it's always got to be a name team, somebody that wasn't an expansion, you know, in the past. So, All right, so here's some things that people think should be common knowledge, but a lot of people still don't know. Are you ready? Uh, f- number one, the, the bar that's sticking out of the steering wheel, if you flick it up, then the lights on the right side of your car tend to <laughs> flicker. And if you push it down, then the lights on the other side tend to flicker, signaling the person behind you that you might be turning either way. I'm on a motorcycle, and I don't follow too close. But at the same time, it makes me nervous when somebody all of a sudden turns, and I lean on that horn. Mm-hmm. I wish I were a bigger guy, like 280 pounds, 6'5", because I would chase him down. You know what bugs me is, you know what really chips my ass? This turn over here, when we go pull out next to the 7-Eleven. Yeah, isn't that the worst? You turn right and you're in your lane and you stay in your lane. But for some people, all the way over in the right lane, they think they can make the right turn and then just jet over all the way to the left to get on the interstate. It's like, no, you need to stay in your lane and then merge over. Just because you need to turn doesn't mean you cut me off. Every single time I have to be a really defensive driver because it never freaking fails. How much signal I need to cut across eight lane? None? I turn now. Good luck, everybody else. There's something else on the list, things that should be common knowledge, but some people apparently still don't know, and I know the story that Rick's going to tell, and it's pretty funny, is when you're waiting for an elevator, wait for people to get off the elevator before you go barreling into the elevator. You know, it's just like the car thing. You can tell people's real personality, Mm -hmm. the one you don't see at work or you don't see when you're hanging around, you know, with friends, when they do stuff like that, like the ones with the turn signals and the people that, you know, but also at the elevator. There was a woman that worked here. I'll never forget her. (laughs) I knew you were going to tell the story. (laughs) Yeah, she was about 200 pounds. I mean, you know, I was lighter than her and she would, twice it happened. The first time, I didn't know who she was, Mm -hmm. but I'm in the elevator. We get down to the first, it's the first floor. Everybody gets down on the first floor is getting off the elevator. Right. She's looking down at her phone, doesn't even look up, and she's a linebacker. Just right, walks right into me. Boom. Yeah, the second time I was with you, she barreled through us like a saloon doors. We're like, yeah. <laughs> and I put my hands up. You know how you do? I was like, yeah. what you, what's that? Right. And, and she didn't say a word. She had her, her earbuds in, so she uh, went in the elevator and turned around, and I was like... You know, I was doing her inner dialogues. Like, I wonder what he's yelling about. Yeah. And then it happened again with him in the elevator. We saw it again. And she worked here. And it, then everybody here loved her. Like, oh, she's so sweet. They still love her. No, she's an a-hole. Uh, that happened to me the other day, getting off the elevator. Like you said, first floor, the door's open. Everybody's going to be getting off the elevator. So just stand back. Because I have to do this in my building sometimes, too. Because sometimes the elevator open and nobody will be on it. But I stand back just in case. Yeah. And that's I being, go to- That's being polite. Right. So I step off of the elevator and this guy's on his phone in the middle of a conversation, goes barreling through and then turns around and looks at me and he goes like, oh, sorry, my bad. And I'm like, 
Yeah, at least I know you you're in your own world and you're in you're on your phone and everybody's busy and everybody's preoccupied. But he admitted it was his bad. Yeah. At least he said something. Most people don't say anything. Yesterday there was another girl. I mean, she was a little girl, but I mean the same thing. Looking down at her shoes, I don't know what she was checking for, mm. and just walked right into me as I'm trying to get off the elevator. The other thing that people do not know, um, it's also with stop signs, but this one specifically is referring to traffic lights. Is when the traffic lights are out at an intersection, you're supposed to treat it like a four-way stop. And if you don't know how that goes, it's like everyone takes a turn you don't be like my turn and plow through you have there's a there's an order to it how about when it's all going right the lights burnt out everybody's doing the four-way stop thing so far you're looking and everybody's doing it except mm-hmm. one guy goes behind another car yep. and just speeds up and goes behind the other car i can't tell you how many times that uh-huh. happens or you get the people that uh they'll pull up to the stop and like you know we're obviously going straight my you know lanes go and we're going one direction and the other person they'll wait for everyone else to go yeah, and they I'm won't like, move. You, you can go. I'm turning right, which makes your left okay. Like, we right. Can, we can go. We can all both be in the intersection at the same time. Because no, you're supposed to no, stay in your lane. No, I need everybody to stay where they are so I can go. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't like realize that when you're safe, turning, you turn into the lane closest to you. That's right. that's how you're supposed yes. to go. But everyone wants to turn and fly across three lanes. It's like, no. And straight and right-hand turns have right-of-way. Left-hand, you're waiting for everybody else. And like, I am all for 100%, and I will do it myself. I have no qualms doing it. You should have to retake your written driving test. Right. Every and 10 years or so. Not even just the written one. You need to prove it to me that you can park and mm-hmm. move your car. Because we had that whole thing during COVID in Georgia where they're like, oh, take it online. We'll just send you one. We don't even care. Can you believe that? Do you remember that? No. And you didn't have to go take your driver's, your driver's oh, test. Oh, right. Yeah, during, yeah. You took the written test. And then what was happening was... You have to take an eye test. I mean, you have to be able to see. They were like, oh, go get your own eye test and just send us the paperwork. And a bunch of people never sent in their paperwork. Well, I can see the stairwell. That's good enough. So that was going to (laughs) be, didn't it expire last week, Smokestack? Yeah. It expired. So a bunch of people's license went unvalid. Explains a lot. For years, people that never actually had to get behind the wheel of a car to prove they knew what they were doing. Yeah. You can look that stuff up on Google while you're taking the test. Um, Amazon is doing something for students. If you're in college and you're a Prime member, um, you can fly home for Christmas with a discounted rate of $25. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I don't believe it. Which airline? Uh, it doesn't say. It just says... Uh, Bobby's <laughs> airs and things. Exactly. You're in the back of an Amazon truck just bouncing your way home. Super discounted tickets are available for travel in the U.S. And $1,025 tickets are being given away. Uh, let's see. That's today and tomorrow. To get one, Prime student me- members need to go online at midnight tonight. And buy $12,000 worth of stuff. And tomorrow for outbound flights from December 8th to the 25th. And return travel has to be between December 8th and January 14th. Right. Interesting. And finally, we all love the Sopranos around here. Uh, you know Chris from the Sopranos. It's Michael Imperioli. You know him. Mm-hmm. So him and his wife, apparently, I didn't realize they met at a restaurant. She used to own like a restaurant bar, and that's how they originally met. And they've still been running it this whole time. So they decided to turn it into kind of like a speakeasy. Have you ever been to a speakeasy? Well, they're interesting. They're, they're fake now, but I mean, yeah. Well, I speak easier everywhere I go. Well, yeah, they're 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 made to be like that now. Right. You know where they are in their commercial businesses, and yeah. there's there's a couple of places around here that. I have some friends that still go out, ugh, and they go to bars and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, where are you going? And they'll name a place, and I say, oh, I've never heard of that place. What is it? And they're like, oh, it's a speakeasy. 
I'm do like, they know what a speakeasy is? I don't is? think they do. No, they don't. No, I don't. I don't think they do. So he has opened one up, but it's it's interesting because you know he's from the Sopranos. Wow. Oh, you hungry? Huh? Then come on down to the Sopranos Grill, the only restaurant owned and operated by members of the Sopranos family. Oh, welcome to the Sopranos restaurant. What you want to eat? Um. Well, I'll have the. Oh, what's the problem over here? She ain't telling me what she wants to eat, boss. What's the matter with you? Huh? Well, I don't even know what the specials are. She don't know the specials, boss. The specials are filet mignon that fell off a truck and lamb chops that fell off a truck. Oh, and veal that fell off a truck. Well, I'll just have... You took too long to answer. You're going to have the gabagool. Okay. You trying to skip out on the bill? Huh? I haven't even eaten yet. The Sopranos Restaurant. When you're here, you're part of the family. Capiche? See you soon. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Somebody do something stupid. With Jill and Smokestack. All right, hit it. Dumb criminals. That's right. This is a short one. Clearwater, Florida. Man, back behind bars after he was accused of obstructing a burglary investigation at the Pass A Grill. According to the arrest warrant, I mean, the arrest report from Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, several witnesses reported seeing someone enter an unlocked car that was parked outside an apartment building. Suspect was described as a white man wearing a shorts and a black T-shirt that said, I just got out of prison. Wow, he did. Where did this take place? In Pasigrill? In Clearwater. Oh, yeah, it's Pasigrill. It's a town. It's a oh, is area. it? Yeah. That's the name of the town? Yeah, we used to go there all the time. It's awesome. It's not the name of a restaurant? That's no. what I thought it was. No, they have the Paradise Grill in Pasigrill, but Pasigrill is the name of the town. Pasigrill. Is it spelled what? like I think? P-A-S-S-A-G-R-I-L-L. Oh, to pass a grill. Mm-hmm. Did, uh, did the restaurant pay for that? Yeah, who did that? That's uh, really good. It's, it's, it's an awesome centric. town if you've never been there. It's Can I great. get a town that's called the Barry Diner? I guess. <laughs> is it part of like the city code? Everybody gets a grill when you move there? What is that? No. I don't know. All right, new study just came out. What makes the perfect butt? Well, let me tell you. Researchers have taken it. You know, I've developed, uh, uh, I don't know, over time, my butt... Um, has dropped a little? No, 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 not mine. I'm, I'm saying that, that my taste for, for butts has oh. changed over time. Okay. Has well, yours smoked? Wait, wait, went from what to what? What did well, change I used from? to like skinny little... Uh, Tiny heinies? Peach. Okay. Kind of butts. And now I like Latinas. Yeah. With, you know... Yeah, they'll have a little cushion back there. Yeah. yeah. I get it. No, you, you, yeah. So yeah, over time. Yeah. Now, um, which, which brings me closer to appreciate appreciating because I never understood men who like those enormous you know the ones where you yeah. could actually you know it's like two mantles on either side of the hips where <laughs> yeah. you could put your glass right yeah you I, I like it. Well, you can see it from the front that's yeah, very fun. yeah I never understood that never really was attracted to and now all of a sudden oh. I'm beginning to see yeah I get it I get it nice huh right Smokesack likes haunches don't you smoke yes it's funny because <laughs> over time haunch, my taste man. in pillows has changed as well <laughs> Yeah, I lucked out because my husband's Hispanic, so he likes the big butts, so I didn't have to, like... He cannot lie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so one study... Uh, they, this is a study. There's actually people... They, rec- I c- they have to recruit people. They have to. Rick's like, I'll volunteer for this one. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's they, they actually got paid for this. Where's this money coming from? Who's doing this? I don't know. I see under interests, you've written... Dabit? Oh, uh, no, that's the butt. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, two different uh, studies uh, got put together, and they were all about the booty determining the aesthetically pleasing posterior. Okay. Uh, one of their measures is called the Kardashian effect. What's that? It's just the 
No, the, I know. What, what is it? Are you going to explain oh, oh, the oh, effect? Oh, 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 let me get to it. Uh, one study uh, recruited 1,100 men and women and asked them to look at eight different sets of female buttocks that doctors had generated digitally and, of course, had all the proportions spelled out in numbers there. The most banging backside had a hip weight ratio, waist ratio of 0.65. What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, it, it's the ratio between the hips. Remember uh, in, in the- Your hips so- and your waist? Okay. Maybe if I play the song, you'll get what it, what the ratio is all about. Ladies, yeah. ladies, <laughs> you want to roll my Mercedes? Yeah. Turn around, stick it out. Even white boys got the shout. Baby got back. Baby got back. Yeah, baby. When it comes to females, Cosmo ain't got nothing to do with my selection. 36, 24, 36. <laughs> Only if she's 5'3". There you go. Okay. That's the ratio right there. 36, 24, 36. If you've ever measured that, like, first of all, 24 is a really tiny waist. Yeah. And 36 is pretty round. Yep. So the study two involved involved 2,000 men and women who were all asked to look at five photos of male buttocks and rate them on a scale of uh, one to five. The most popular... Poop cutters were wow. moderately okay. sized, but the outlines of the muscles were more defined. Yeah. So in women, it's ratio of hip to waist, right? And in men, it's definition. Yeah, my husband's got the best butt. It's real round. Oh, he's okay. Spanish. Yeah, we I really know. don't want to know. No, it's great. No, but I mean, Smokestack has no butt though. No, no. And I some slide women right are into chairs. that. It's bad. <laughs> do, you have, do you have special chairs with Velcro that you have to put on your pants on yeah, the chair? Yeah, I, I get an insert for my pants that I like to wear. But here's the real test. It's, it's, a, it's a not as scientific. Um, uh, get yourself a Hot Wheels car, a little Matchbox car, something like that, and have the oh, yeah. specimen lay down on their stomach. And what you do is you start at the back of the knee, and you drive the car up the back of the leg. Now, if the car crashes into a wall, good to go. <laughs> oh, you're if it rolls right over, eh, maybe, maybe do a little squats. leg lifts. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, on your age, too. I mean, you know. True. I yeah. mean, that's a factor. The butt. The butt. Yeah. And also, I like tennis. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we we learned some shocking news yesterday. Um, we have, uh, I make fun of Joel a lot for being a vegan because- I'm not a vegan, I'm a vegetarian. A vegetarian, whatever. <laughs> you, you just don't eat food. Uh, <laughs> most people, you know, get offended by that and everything, but it's lighthearted fun because I think it's funny. She comes in with a mason jar and there's some sticks and some- it looks like it it's looks vegetables. Like, you act like you've never seen tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers before. Yeah, yeah but, but it's, sometimes it's, it's the the combinations you have to come up with to keep vegetables exciting. Yeah, yeah. You came in here with something about a month ago. Remember, and I was like, "That's cat vomit." It was. Uh, it and was I know cat vomit. It was scrambled eggs. No, it wasn't. It was cottage. Oh no, I did have cottage cheese. I put cottage cheese on toast a lot. I'll have cottage cheese oh. on toast, and I'll put like sliced cucumbers or sliced tomato on it. It's like an avocado toast, but instead of avocado, I use cottage cheese for protein. And don't get me wrong, some of your concoctions are very good, but some of them, I'm like, this is strange. It's a what a pumpkin <laughs> asparagus tart. <laughs> I've never had that. Yeah, there's some. That stuff, sounds good though. I would try that. There's some stuff that comes in here, and it comes in here in various sections. I mean, some of it is in a mason jars, and then a little bit of it, and then kind of. Because I got to put it together gotta, once I get here. You have to assemble it, and, yes. then, and then it's like uh, she looks like she's enjoying it. I mean, I that's, do. That's fine, but I mean, I think a juicy fillet with an egg on top would be much better. This morning was Rick, normal. It was just scrambled eggs and toast. Rick and I are over here splitting a stick of butter. Yeah. Right? So, um, uh, the other tell, tell everybody what happened. So, my husband and I, I knew you were going to out me, were Christmas shopping the other day, and we were out at Disney Springs, and the whole day, I was like, I really am craving a cheeseburger, but sometimes you, you know when you crave something, you'll, you might spend yourself trying to eat five other different things trying to conquer that craving? 
and you never really get it rather than just eating the thing that you want to eat. And so we were walking around and he was hungry. So let's grab some lunch. So uh, we went to STK, which by the way, they're not paying me to say this. And STK has a great lunch special. It's $9.99 for a Wagyu beef burger and fries for like under 10 bucks. And so I said, well, you can get the cheeseburger because my husband's like, I want that. And I said, I'll get something else. So we go in, we sit down and I look at the menu and everything other than the burger is like 40 plus dollars. Like if I wanted just, I think it was avocado something. It was like some small little vegetable thing. And it was like $41. And I thought, what? So it we made just, financial sense for you to eat this. So I said, you know, I've been craving a cheeseburger and the burger's only nine ninety nine. So financially, it would make sense if I got a burger. My husband got all aroused. <laughs> he was like, yeah, do it. Eat it. Eat it. Oh, eat the burger. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but and yeah. So, well, I can't say what he said. And so I was like, should we just get two burgers? He's like, are you really going to do it? I said, yeah, I'm not going to make a habit of it. I don't, I'm not going to like start eating meat again, but I, I've been craving a cheeseburger. So whatever, I'll just get it. Well, so he put I ordered his jacket it. over his pants, didn't he? <laughs> I got it. And I said, I'm going to eat half because it was a really big burger. Yeah. So I cut it in half and I ate half of a cheeseburger. Jill ate, what, what are you getting? A vegetable what? Yes! Yes! What do you, yes! Yes! What, what do you yes! call what? Vegetarian? And you ate a burger? So, so I come in and I tell Rick, I said, I have to tell you guys something. It's, I have to get it off my chest. He goes, what? I said... I eat meat the other day. He goes, what? I said, yeah, I was craving a cheeseburger. He goes, please tell me it was a good cheeseburger. I said, it was actually an STK Wagyu beef burger, so it was a good burger. Did you watch the news that night? I don't think you did because you didn't see it? No, what happened? Oh, my God, it was unbelievable. I was I, I never watch NBC, but it just happened to be on. And, and now an NBC breaking news story. The international response has been overwhelming. Leaders from all over the world react in horror at Jill eating a hamburger. Rise. Is Taylor Swift involved? Joe Biden, drop out of the race now. Doesn't Joe realize what she's done against the LGBTQ plus plus RXPVC community? President Biden, what have you to say? Well, you're going to get gas just like me, dear. Gas. Does this mean we will no longer fund Ukraine's defense against Russia? What about the drag queens? Comment, Elon Musk. Yes, uh, Jill, if you think you can get me to like you just because you're eating meat now, well, um, you know, uh, go, go f*** yourself. Yeah, go f*** yourself. Meat is hate! Meat is hate! Wow. Meat is hate! What about you, Mr. Trump? Hey, Jill, want to go out for a Big Mac? There's a Mickey D's near Mar-a-Lago. Stop the meat! Meat is hate! Meat is hate! Meat is hate! This has been an NBC special <laughs> news report. I'm sorry. It's incredible. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. They're just having fun in a world that's gone cuckoo. 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, the world has gone crazy, and the update is brought to you by Fair and Fair. Jewish students lined up yesterday to testify at a hearing that they're fearing for their lives at places like Harvard, MIT, NYU, Penn State, facing death threats. We're back in 1939, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. How many times have you heard about the Holocaust? Never again. Never again. You've seen the signs. There were buttons. There were shirts. There was all kinds of stuff. Never again. Well, here it is again, and guess what everybody's doing? Sitting on their hands. 
Why are people so afraid to speak out? Why, you fear violence? I mean, what is it? Why don't people... I feel like that's what people have been doing with everything else, from Black Lives Matter to LGBTQ. They're speaking out, protests happening in Portland, everywhere. George Floyd, the protests happening in Minnesota. Where are you now, though? Jewish students attending four of the most prestigious universities in America recounting gut-wrenching experiences with anti-Semitism on their campuses. Some students have to walk from class to class and see signs on the way that says, kill all Jews. I am quoting you from the sign. Mm -hmm. That's just one of them. And of course, there's from the river to the sea, which is a call for genocide. Really a call for genocide. Not what these protesters and campuses are saying about, you know, the Palestinians. Because that's not what's being called for. That's not what Israel is doing. Israel is going out of their way to make sure that no civilian on, you know, on purpose gets blown up or anything. Mm-hmm. They, they're doing things that they shouldn't. See, what they need to do in there is unfortunate, but they have to do it, is they need to get Hamas out of there. And Hamas doesn't have any, doesn't value life at all. They're terrorists. They don't care about anybody's life. Even their own people. They don't care about Arabs. They don't. Otherwise, they wouldn't hide all their stuff under children's hospitals. Right. When they gunned down those people at that music festival, there were Arabs in the crowd. That was international music festival. There was people from all over the world there, including Arabs. 20 of them are dead that Hamas, the Arab terrorist group, Islamic terrorist group, killed. Mm-hmm. But nobody knows that. These students that are protesting know nothing. Anyway, so these students lined up and they were testifying yesterday. And finally, what really was interesting to watch. Let me play you one of the students first. I think this is uh, pretty good. Well, pretty bad, but. Israeli defense. No, that's not it. Hold on. Oh, did I put her in the wrong thing? No, this is. I think this is her testifying. Let me uh, play it. Being a Jew at NYU is walking to class and passing torn and defaced posters of innocent hostages with the words occupier and murderer written across their faces. It is going to Bope's library to study and being interrupted by unauthorized protests where students and faculty call for a globalized intifada revolution, an incitement to violence against Jews everywhere, and a call for the annihilation of the Jewish state and my friends and family who live there. Being a Jew at NYU is being surrounded by students and faculty who support the murder and kidnapping of Jews because after all, as they say, resistance is justified when people are occupied. It is being surrounded by social justice warriors and self-proclaimed feminists whose calls for justice end abruptly when the rape victims are Jews. Being a Jew at NYU has meant being physically assaulted in NYU's library by a fellow student while I was wearing an American Israeli flag and having my attacker still roam freely throughout the campus. Now, could you imagine somebody who puts posters up that says kill all the black people, you know, from the Atlantic to the Pacific, white people will be free? How about a poster like that, huh? And the college campus... The president of the college, 100 professors go, okay, that's great. That's fine. What what would happen then? I don't see how people don't make the correlation. They don't. How? how? Is that crazy? And then think about this. These are the top universities. The presidents of these universities are, they're so overeducated, their skin might explode. There's just so much education in there. These people are beyond brainiacs. And they can't even answer simple questions they were hearing yesterday. And this is the Harvard president and the Penn State president being questioned 
on all of this. Let me uh, see if I can play it. Penn let Professor Ahmad Amala off the hook, who led hundreds of students in chanting, there's only one solution, Intifada revolution. Why does that professor still have a job at your university? Representative, our approach to uh, speech is as I identified, it follows and is guided by the United States Constitution. That was the Penn State uh, president. Think about it. She's been, did you hear the question? Yes. And she's answering from her notes. She's reading off a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, we follow the constitution. You- no, it's 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 not fathomable. I never thought this would happen in our country. Uh, which allows for robust perspectives. She's talking about the constitution. Here's the other Based one. Based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally. Correct. Now the Harvard president. I will say again that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive. Stop right there. You know what? Harvard University. That's not true. She was involved. You know what happened? There was a student who had a Trump table out there. This didn't even get on the news. This was back in 2020. Had a Trump table given away. Not asking anybody to vote for Trump. Not doing anything. Just promoting Trump. Not only did one of the students, oh no, it was a professor. Remember the professor? Uh Black professor walked up there, took the table and flipped it on him. Yep. She assaulted him. The university did nothing. You know, he reported it to the police. The police weren't allowed to come on campus to investigate. Then, then that student was expelled. Didn't get on the news. Did not get on the news. Mm-hmm. Hard to find on the internet. But that happened. And this president, who just said, yeah, we respect all, you know, views and blah, blah, blah. He's a liar. And you know what's funny is I guarantee you that woman was probably a huge part of the Me Too movement, progressive feminist calling against oh, yeah. the rape of women. And Isla Fisher said it yesterday. I talked about this. She said progressive feminists say rape is violence unless, of course, it's the rape of Israeli women. Then apparently rape is resistance. Yeah. We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to it's free a yes speech. or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech. Why are yes these people no fired? Question. Why isn't that president of Harvard University fired? Why can't anybody say yes or no? Because they are racist, they're anti Semitic, and they're showing their true colors now. These are people that hate more than the people they blame for hating. Then mm-hmm. then admit it if that's your game. No, they can't admit it. They're too overeducated. They think you're scum. You know, they think the students they teach are scum. Mm-hmm. The problem is some of the Jewish parents are pulling millions of dollars in contributions to the Alumni Association and also to Harvard and right. Yale and NYU and Penn State. So how are you going to make up for that? Well, that would be my question. I know you don't want to kind of bow down to them and succumb to their bullying if that's what you want to call it. But at the same time, I would quit going to that school. I'm not giving this school my money when they're not going to support who I am or even like be held responsible for my protection and think it's okay for other groups of individuals to be on campus and call for the extermination of who I am 
and and the people I belong to. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, why would I, I continue to give money there as a tuition? I would just leave. Because it's, it's not like it's an organization. It's like you know. It's a college. It's an Ivy League school. Yeah. How do you not see the correlation there? Well, the parents are also like-minded as the professors and the university president, most of those parents. And they hang around with people that are like-minded. They they think they're the best of the best in the entire country. So they want to go to their cocktail parties, and even if they have to lie, they'll tell their friends, oh, yes, my daughter's mm-hmm. at Stanford. Oh, my daughter's at Harvard. They would never say Valencia Community College at that party. Mm-hmm. You know, they would be thrown out the front door. You know, so the thing is, is that they don't want to talk about this. They don't want to pull their funds out of the school. They want to make everything go away, Mm -hmm. even though they're funding a bunch of anti-Semites, people who are doing the same thing that the Germans did during the Holocaust, the Nazis. It's crazy. Uh, Little uplifting stuff. I was really inspired. I love Rocky, man. That's to me. That's like the best movie series ever. And I'm such a huge Sylvester Stallone fan. I love him and everything he does. Rocky Balboa is still uh, resonating with the audiences 47 years after his debut in 1976, and now fans gather in celebration in Philadelphia. It happened this week. It was like Rocky Day or something, right? Yeah, it marked the inaugural Rocky Day in Philadelphia with festivities held by Stallone. Life is a fight was the name of the festivity this year. He did a speech. It was really good in front of the Philadelphia Museum of Art. I was there. I ran up the stairs. Yeah. I did that. Everybody, you got it when you go there. You got it, yeah. So anyway, he did a little, a little uh, speaking there to, uh, this was to E.T.? No, what's the, uh, no, TMZ. There are certain conundrums, issues, problems, journeys, challenges that everybody from every country, every culture has to face. And they may be somewhat different, but they usually deal with the same kind of, I just want to, achieve something like I want people to be proud of me I want to raise a family I want to support my daughter it's this kind of fear or I'm really nobody inside people look at me and but on the inside I'm I feel weak and shallow that's what the character was and he even said I'm going to lose I know I'm not good enough and people may feel that way but they at least want to try and I think the biggest frustration on the planet is people not getting the opportunity to fail. Forget win. I mean, they may win, but at least give me a shot. And that's the biggest frustration, I think, that ha- that universally binds this whole underdog situation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's not about how hard you get hit or how hard you hit. It's whether you get up or not and how right. you react after somebody hits you. Amen. And we're not allowing kids to do that anymore. We haven't for 20 years near since 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 back when we we're telling kids, oh, you're wonderful. You're, you got an F. Oh, that's OK. We'll fit. You know, you're great. Yeah, or, or saying that they shouldn't even deserve to get grades at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what's so inspirational about what he said. And then the best part of the, of the uh, day three days ago was when this little kid, I mean, I, I know he was rehearsed. He was rehearsed. I don't of, know. If, of course he was, but it's like he loves the the movies. He probably is a huge Rocky fan. Yeah. When uh, when the Rocky Balboa mo- movie, 2006, when Ro- Rocky's son uh, starts to complain and whine and say everything is everybody else's fault, especially his dad's because his career overshadows him. Right. And, you know, it's just making it worse and all this thing. And Rocky does that. Whole you know, speech. Whole speech. This kid comes up and starts doing the whole speech to Sly. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. 
cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. I love it. Yeah, this is great. I wish Mickey were there. I know. Rocky's gonna kill you, Rock. Or uh, Pauly died just uh, what a couple months ago. Yeah, not too Was long uh, ago. Carl Weathers there? No, I don't think no so. No Apollo Creed? You know what? I, or Mr. T? a reality show on Paramount Plus. It's called The Family Stallone. Right. It's awesome. If you want a little look inside of his life. First of all, everybody in his family is beautiful. His daughters are gorgeous. Oh, yeah, his wife is gorgeous. They have a house. I think it's in Palm Beach, Florida. They have a house here where they're all stay sometimes. Yeah. And I think his youngest daughter goes to University of Miami. Really? Um, yeah. And so they're here a lot. But... Gorgeous family. I just love everything about them. I can't wait for the next season. It's a great show. Yeah, I got to watch all the movies again over the holidays. This is just what a great series. What Apollo? Who? You talking about that old fool Apollo Creed? That's my favorite, Mr. T. You ready for another beating, fool? <laughs> I got to interview um, what's his name that plays Ivan Drago. Oh, Dolph Lundgren? Uh, yeah, Dolph. The most brief. You know, he's like a doctor. What does he have, like 30 oh, degrees? Oh, he's so smart. And they're best friends in real life. Did you know that? No, Sylvester Stallone and him? Yeah. And you'll see it on the reality show, but we had him on the phone and I was like, okay, I know we're supposed to talk about your current project and all that sort of stuff, but can can you do it for me? I didn't even have to say what it was. And he pauses and he just goes, you will lose. <laughs> and I was like, I love you. I'm done. I can <laughs> die now. I have to break you. <laughs> yeah, me, me, the uh, I consider him the Rocky of politics. Oh, you with your Trump crap again. What are you? I'm going to write your general manager. Uh, former President Trump joined uh, Hannity on a town hall that happened uh, last night. Melania, we did it. <laughs> no, it's Melania. So, uh, of course, uh, Trump is now leading DeSantis in some states by 50 points. Holy cow. Now, uh, of course, DeSantis went up to Iowa and did the traditional 99-county visit, according to the governor That's there. That's like a superstition, yeah? Yeah, and that's did all 99 counties. counties, and still Trump leads him by 28 points this morning. So, What town did he do the thing in? What uh, town what? The Trump town hall was in somewhere in Iowa. Oh, 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 uh, yeah. This was um, you would ask me, and you gave me the story, and it doesn't say. So I forget this is Davenport. Small town Davenport. Oh, yeah. So he was in Davenport, and he began with uh, torching Biden over his criticism of the MAGA movement, which is funny because every time I hear Biden say these MAGA people, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, that's an acronym for Make America Great Again. How did that become a pejorative, an right, insult? Right. It's like you don't weird... want the country which you currently reside to be a good country. No, apparently not. Apparently, that's a bad thing and everything. But here he is. You know, I, I see Biden talking about oh, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA means make America great again. That's what it means. There right? it is. And that's what people want. They want do that, gentlemen. <laughs> they want to see our country be great again. Right now, we're not a great country. We're a country in decline. We are a declining country. Uh, we're laughed at all over the world. Uh, people that respected us three years ago, and they respected us. You wouldn't have Ukraine and Russia. You wouldn't have had the attack on Israel. You wouldn't have had that withdrawal. You would have withdrawn, but we would have withdrawn from Afghanistan with tremendous strength and power. Yeah, that didn't happen. And uh, it also got 13 of our service members killed. But yep. uh, that's another story. Uh, just to illustrate what's going on over the border, uh, we're at, completely out of control. Your country's being destroyed and invaded right now. The number we gave you two weeks ago, which was a shock to me because I thought it was around three to four million people. You know, it turned out it was, remember originally I said, oh, it's about two, two, two LAs is what's crossed the border since Biden's been in office. And it turned out we actually had a FOIA request and they got the actual number. And the Border Patrol and, of course, uh, 
the uh, Department of Homeland Security, the border, the border is secure, that one. Uh, it turns out it's over 8 million. Think about it. We're only a country of 335 million. China's 1.6 billion. We're at 335 million people. You put a new segment of people, 9 million of them, and who knows what they're telling them. I can tell you, I'm going to have to put my wife on one day because we have personal experience with this, what they're telling them when they come in. But of course, they pay a $2,200 to each individual when they walk in, if they use the app. They get $1,200 a month on top of that. They get medical care. In six months, they're allowed to work. I mean, it's unbelievable, but we've been invaded. When 9 million people come in here, 8 to 9 million, Things change, and it's all on purpose. There's no doubt that this is on purpose. And and then we had this, to illustrate that, we had this guy come over the border this week in Arizona, and he starts screaming to the sky. Men from Africa here, they're coming in from all over the world. Had a chance to talk with two guys, uh, one from Morocco, another from Liberia. They told me they're not seeking asylum. They're here for work. They're here for opportunity. And one of them had this message for President Joe Biden. Take a listen. I love you, Joe Biden. Thank you for everything, Joe Biden. I'm a good person. I want to be a good person here in the United States. I came here because I want quality life. You know, America is a, is a land of opportunity. That's great. That's really nice. And they sound like nice people, except there's one problem. Mm. Let's say that, let's change this into something more, you know, mundane. Like, he just knocked over a convenience store. He just wanted to get some food. He wanted some cash to maybe, you know, mm -hmm. buy an ice cream cone later. He, he's a good person. He didn't, yeah, that doesn't work that way. No. My parents worked their asses off for five to eight years. I think it was about eight years to get citizenship here. They came from Cuba. They came here legally. They did the work. I know my entire family did that, except for now. We got some that just show up. But I mean, that's what they did. And they got their citizenship and they were successful in this country. They got all the things that this guy's talking about, except they did it by not disrespecting us from the get-go like these people did. Again, he sounds nice. I, I feel him. I know that he's saying he wants to have a good life. But that's not the way you do it. Right. Yeah. I go to your country and disrespect your laws. I end up in a prison with rats being caned. And you won't see a judge or get to speak to a lawyer for how many months? You know, my husband's family did the same exact thing. I saw the best picture the other day, and it painted it very well. It was somebody that was trying to become a U.S. citizen, and they're standing at the court with their right hand up in front of the American flag, and they're being sworn in as a U.S. citizen after they, like Rick said, how many years do you have to sit there and wait, and you have to take a test, and all this sort of stuff. It said, this is immigration. And then below it, it had all the people hanging off of the train trying to come here. It said, this is an invasion. Yep. That's There's it, a difference. Big difference. And I stuff Rick I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I showed you the video this morning when I came in because they want to paint this picture that it's uh, people seeking refuge and it's women and it's babies. And then I showed you the video of everyone that was coming through the border this morning. And what was it? It was all Chinese military age men with the same damn backpack we've seen. You, you know what's going to happen. If you don't realize what's about to happen, because I think something bad's about it. I hate to say that. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, and I try to say that to people. I say, you don't realize that they're infiltrating this country so they can attack it from the inside out. If you don't see that, then I can't help you. Yeah, it's like the, the uh, Trojan, Trojan horse, horse thing, but except Biden built the horse and set it out yep. front for people to climb into, and then he's going to drag it back in. Yep. It's like, true. What are you doing? And half the country, because of our illustrious media, the media that lies to you on a daily basis, half the country doesn't even have a clue no. that anything is going on. And 
that's the way they wanted these people. This is so history repeats itself. This is exactly what happened in so many instances. One of them, of course, as you know, Germany, 1939. But it's the same thing all over again. These people in the media think they're going to be considered heroes by the invading force because they helped them. And what they're going to do is the first people they're going to execute are the people, the useless idiots yep. that they used to infiltrate the country. Well, they also want to make it so bad so you're so terrified and it's so awful and they can go, well, do as we say and we'll make it all go away. Exactly. It's a move to grab power, man. It's stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet, on the internet, on the internet. He may spend too much time on the internet. But he finds something strange and new each day. Okay, I got to get to this one first. The ungrateful brat. This is this is typical. This is what's going on here. I couldn't believe this because now picture, it's Christmas time. Oh, I saw this. This is terrible. Imagine as a parent, you saved all your money and you bought this humongous present for your child. And your joy that you get out of that is to watch them open it and see the excitement in their eyes, realizing, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got me this. This mother gets her daughter... <laughs> A brand new Tesla. Why it's would a, you do that? It's a black Tesla sitting in the driveway, and it's got a red bow on it. Here's what happened. Okay, take your mask off. Surprise! This is your car, girl. <laughs> I don't want a Tesla. I don't want. I don't like electric cars. Wait, what? For Mercedes Benz, I don't like Tesla. You like? You said you like the electric I never cars. Said I like Tesla. I said a Mercedes Benz. I don't like. Tesla. Well, this is better than a Mercedes Benz. It's not. I don't want no car that if I gotta I gotta charge it for it to work. I didn't want that. Girl, you need to be grateful that you got a damn car. I could've I could have just been walking it. I would rather walk it. Right. You you should be happy. Be grateful. You can put your put the keys back in your purse. Oh, and I will and don't and ask me for nothing else. Oh, uh, you're gonna be happy with that money. How much is it? She gives her an envelope Girl, of cash. Girl, open it up and stop being ungrateful because now you're starting to be ungrateful when you ain't got to worry about me I ever again. I never said I wanted a Tesla. You, I always told you I wanted a pink Mercedes Benz. Okay, why? Well, I couldn't get the Mercedes Benz, so you and got that. This is all you gave me for my sweet 16 and my golden... It's $1,600 oh cash that she handed her, and she was like, this is all you gave me? Oh, after the car thing? I wouldn't be handing you nothing. No. I'd be handing you a suitcase. Peace out. That's the worst parent on the earth. Well, because I can't believe she's probably so hurt in her defense. She's probably heartbroken. How like, could you defend that? No, she's. I, You've created a monster. Even Kim Kardashian doesn't do that. Isn't that insane? And I thought, wow, what a brat. And my guess is. In a strange way, that's child abuse. Well, no, I, I think that maybe. Because this can't be the first time this child has acted this way. Even the younger sister is like, be grateful. The younger sister's jumping up and down. She wants to see the daughter be all excited about the car. And when the older daughter acts that way, the younger daughter's mouth drops open like, what? Yeah. And what it, what a poor example for the younger child that the older sister is being. But my guess is that this isn't the first time that this child has acted like this. And maybe, because this happens, the mother's like, maybe if I buy her something, she'll love me more. And maybe she'll act right. I've seen parents no, do it before. That's not your job to be their I, best friend. Your job is to set them right for life. I agree with you, but I'm saying that that is probably where she was coming from. Oof, that no, gives no. me so I much anxiety. I would get such an ass whooping if I did that. Oh, ass whooping. I'd be jazzy Jeff and my kids right out the front door. Later, kid. All right, the next one is about a lady Ooh. that eats drywall. What's the show, Smokestack, that they call it, where it's like My Strange oh, Addiction or yeah, something? Yeah, on TLC. Here she, it is. You listen to this. Yeah. Literally eating my house. 
Nicole has been addicted to eating drywall for over seven years. I switched from chalk to drywall because drywall tastes better than chalk to me. Now, Nicole ingests drywall up to six times a day. I love the smell of drywall, the texture of it, the taste. I love everything about drywall. <laughs> Is that the weirdest thing? <laughs> and finally, uh, I have a story of a small town. It's uh, right outside of Portland where the mayor of the town removed the Star of David from their holiday display. They had oh. a holiday display. They didn't want to call it Christmas, which I'm fine with. They had the Christmas thing. They had the nativity scene. They had the, I'm surprised they were even allowed to have the nativity as scene. As long as they could have the other religions. But because of what's going on in uh, Gaza and <gasps> Hamas and Israel, the mayor, because he got one Muslim called and complained. One guy that he didn't even confirm was Muslim, could have been some college student pretending to be, he removed the Star of David. Why and don't you have two people call in uh, go on the other way? Then I'll have to put it back up. Well, exactly. My thing is, if you don't practice that religion, then why does it offend you that it exists? It doesn't affect you. This is a country there. about religion, freedom. freedom of religion. Yes. You coward, mamby-pamby, yellow-bellied, spineless, gutless, weak, afraid, candy-ass, sissy, scaredy-cat mayor. We gotta switch up the order. Mm. I know. So uh, this is a little parody that we all enjoy here. This is from Family Guy. Yeah, it's Peter, uh, and he's, he's putting together the nativity scene. But politically correct. Yeah. First ethnically accurate Jesus goes right here next to Father Mary and Mother Josephine, followed closely by the three genderless wise people on their bird scooters, Tig Nataro for some reason, and of course the little drummer them, because God forbid we call a boy a boy. It's stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet, on the internet, on the internet. He may spend too much time on the internet, but he finds something strange and new each day. The Sunny Update. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. You ever think you know somebody, and then you find out a secret about them, and you go, what? Yeah, I thought Rick was a jerk, then I found out he's really nice. Right? Here's a story about what Molly. Do you, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> so here's a story about Molly. Her name's Molly Brodak. She was a prominent writer and a teacher in Atlanta. She committed suicide, uh, suicide March 8th, 2020. She was 39 years old, oh. and her husband was obviously devastated. I heard about this. He said, I knew she was depressed, but how could she give up on me? He was 44. He was also a writer. I'm here to help, but, you know, depression sometimes gets a hold of you, and you don't really know what somebody else is going through. He didn't realize just how unhappy his wife was. He actually wrote a memoir about all this. He said the first time they met, she was in jail. They had connected over Facebook. But she didn't know many other writers in Atlanta and was excited to meet up with him. He lived by in a nearby town. And this is kind of interesting. So they go to a bar later on and she shows him an MRI scan and told him that she has a brain tumor. What? Uh, Miss Miss Bucko, um, do we know why he was, she was in jail for it doesn't say, no. Uh, she's had a whole, whole history string of things. Of things. Her dad was like a bank robber in Detroit and knocked over a bunch of banks and when she was like a kid. And this guy got attracted to her. Okay, go ahead. Well, he's attracted to crazy anyway, but continue. So she shows him an MRI scan. They're sitting at a bar, how she previously had a brain tumor. Uh-huh. Um, she shared all her whole troubled childhood. Like Smokestack said, her father robbed banks to pay off his gambling debts. Holy God. Um, He did two stints in prison. She had shoplifted. Her mother was bipolar and left this girl, her name's Molly, unattended quite a bit when she was younger. 
Um, she started doing heroin when she was 12. What? She had boyfriends that would burn her with cigarettes. She was abused from relationship to relationship. So anyway, um, they married in 2017. Um, it was an intimate ceremony. Not many people there. It was kind of them and small family. Afterward, they threw a party at a museum. And he said, so, you know, we had this happy life. Soon after her death, though, he discovered that his wife had hooked up with one of her students just weeks after they got married. Oh! <laughs> You were a little premature on that one. but Oh, oh really? Uh, yeah, so it, was, it gets more. deeper. He was looking through her phone for photos to include in a slideshow at her funeral, which is what you do sometimes if you've ever been to a funeral or kind of like a memorial. You know, they, they flash the photos over and over again of them with different people, happy memories. So that's when she he had learned, I guess, that she had cheated on him with numerous men. Too soon? But wait, there's more. Oh, no. Cue it up again. He found photos of her posing in lingerie, (sighs) along with videos of her doing things that you would maybe find people doing on OnlyFans. Uh, Digging a little deeper, he started to go through her emails, found some seductive photos of her that she had sent to all of the students, not all of them, but a lot of students that she had taught at the college. Oh, my God. Wait, there's what? more. There's more? I don't have any more thoughts. <laughs> Make some new ones. He also discovered a correspondence that she had with another poet that she had actually flown to another city to have sex with. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Not only that, but the guy actually paid her for sex. So, yeah, after his wife died that he thought he had this meaningful relationship with, he realized she was a serial cheater. And at the end of it, he said, I'm going to write a book about it and it's going to be the best book ever written. (laughs) Oh, wow. Now, did he give the eulogy or? Oh, my God. I feel good about my divorce. Well, that it, was nothing. The <laughs> wild part is, is like the ripping and the tearing. Well, he, he's, you know, in the beginning, he's asking himself, like, you know, it, he feels all this guilt. Like, was, was I that bad? Was she not happy with me? And that's what, what drove her to this. Holy. And then the more he finds out, he's like, you know, I'm feeling less and less guilty by the day. She's built an entire, like, castle of lies. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? The only Dude. story that I think is worse than this one is when the guy had the wife that was dying of cancer. And she said, the doctor only gave me another month to live. And I want to sleep with the person that was the best sex I ever had. And it was like her ex-boyfriend. It wasn't him. <laughs> Story. Remember, she asked him for permission to sleep with somebody else. Oh my gosh, douche. That's a roller coaster right there. I can't even. What a bad species we are of human things. So here's something. I forgot to pull up the audio. You have it in there. It's called Guy Test. Could you get that ready for me? Guy Test? Yeah. Is it today's? Yes, today's. Oh, you would do that to me. I know, I forgot. Uh, Rick Stacy here for Guy Test. If you ever want to be tested as a guy. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so there is a new TikTok trend, and you know what I say about TikTok trends or challenges. They're either going to get you in trouble, in jail, jail, killed, or arrested. Maimed. So you probably shouldn't do any of these. It's pretty simple, though. A woman put this up, and basically I think you're supposed to ask your significant other, name one woman, without any explanation. Like if if Angie came up to you and said, Rick, name one woman. I know you would be like, what do you mean? How old does she have to be? I know you would have 100 questions, but you're not supposed to answer any of them. You're supposed to say, name one woman. And if they name anybody other than you, then they're in trouble. Listen. Ask your man to name a woman. If that guy says any other name than yours, you should start a fight. Name one woman. Name a woman? Yeah. Anne Hathaway? (laughs) (laughs) What? Name one woman. That's the question? Yeah. 
Alex. <gasps> That's her. Duh. <laughs> how stupid do you think I am? Smart guy. I would not have said. Do you think I, I would have said Sophia. I feel like if you say your wife's name, great. If you say your mother's name, I feel like that could also pass. Or if you have a daughter, yeah. like if someone tried to turn it on me and said name, name one guy, and if I said either my husband, my father, or my son, I feel like I'd be safe. Uh, my wife would say Don. Why? Don Johnson. Oh, is that her pass? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, back then, I don't know if it's still her pass. Okay. I got a weird feeling you'd say Michael Bublé, Jill. I love Michael Bublé. <laughs> really? I do. Oh. I love his music. I love his Christmas album. I went to see him in concert. I think he's so cute. I, I love everything about him. I think he's a nice guy, but he comes across as, as a like, leather shoe. Yeah, he's dollar store Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, see, if you've seen him in concert, he's excellent. He's yeah. excellent. Yeah, it was one of the better shows I've ever been to, to be honest with you. Really? Harry Connick Jr. was good, but Harry Connick Jr. is pretty boring, I'll be honest. <laughs> and I love Harry Connick Jr., but he was do boring. I still have, do I still have it? <laughs> Please tell me you do. <laughs> what, what is it called? <laughs> yeah, Harry it Connick was, was kind of boring, and I, wa- I just went for the, so I could see say I saw Harry Connick Jr. I just wanted to like see his face in person because he's so handsome. But that was, pretty, that was a pretty vanilla show, I'll be honest with you. Do you have it over there? Rick has know. a Rick has a funny Harry Connick Jr. parody. Do you have it, Smokestack? Uh, They're both looking vigorously, and I promise you, it'll be worth it because it is that funny. I don't think I have it. You don't have it? Oh, that's disappointing. Oh no. Yeah, I'm looking under everything. Yeah, because well, when, when did that run even? God, three years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was, it was the white Because we were making fun of Because he, he had the Harry Connick Jr. show Remember he had a talk show And it was like him And a white sofa And a piano And I think that was it uh, Neither one of you can find it Can you? Uh, no I saw something called White But I don't think that's it yeah. It had to be No it's actually Harry Connick Our nation but- No that's not it Aw oh, bless no, I don't, I sound- Why wouldn't you have it under Harry? Why didn't The way you, you label things Harry? Is unbelievable yeah, It's probably you. labeled as reporter You know the show Was called Harry <laughs> Yeah why wouldn't you label it Harry? It was called Harry. Or Harry. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Oh, this might. Let me just play this. Yeah, this is it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like Jill said, that uh, Harry had a show for about six months, a year. It wasn't very long. It, the, the entire set, the floor, the ceiling, the backdrop, the white. couch, the piano was all white. And then he would just kind of like. Do what you would, th- what you were making fun of, what you think Michael Bublé does between songs, but he doesn't. But Harry Connick, yes. So does. Harry had like two guests on the show, and it was an hour long. And then, then between guests, he would just walk up to the piano and just kind of talk to you while he's playing the piano. Let me just play a little song about this beginning of the show. Yeah. Okay, now I'm still handsome, right? Still look, look at me, look at me. Still very handsome. <laughs> All right, let me move over here to the white leather couch with uh, whoever's on the air. Who cares? I'm the one you're looking at. Yes, it's the show with a piano. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. While the world goes crazy or something. <laughs> Update is brought to you by Fair and Fair. We're in big trouble here. According to FBI Director Christopher Ray. this is Senate Senator Lindsey Graham questioning about how dangerous, how much danger are we in right now from a terrorist attack? Well, apparently there's a lot of blinking lights. How would you describe the threat matrix against America today from your point of view after having been at the FBI most of your adult life? So what I would say that is unique about the environment that we're in right now in my career is that while there may have been times over the years where individual threats could have been higher here or there than where they might be right now, I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated 
all at exactly the same time. That's what makes this environment that we're in now. Blinking red lights analogy about 9-11. All the lights were blinking red before 9-11. Apparently, obviously, all of us missed it. Would you say that there's multiple blinking red lights out there? I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Plant your crisis garden, get right with Jesus, and buy a lot of ammo. Mm. Um, here's the thing, though. Think about this. Your president at the present time, and our administration has, la- has allowed 8 million people, we don't know who half of them are, cross the border just like that. Just come on over. Jill's got a picture that she picked up this morning about... It's a video of, you know, you think the people coming over the border are women and children, families seeking refuge. It was all military-age Chinese men. Yeah, isn't that something? That's just very interesting. Not to be insensitive, but shouldn't matter. Everybody needs to go through and check in at the front like you do at every other country on the planet. Mm-hmm. You gotta, no, but the, you know. the point of that is this is not people seeking refuge. This is an invasion, and it's done on purpose, and they're going to attack us from the inside out. If you sounds, don't know that, I can't help you. That sounds crazy, but you're hearing it from the FBI director. All the lights are blinking. 9-11 is nothing to compare to what I feel like is coming pretty quickly. So I'm just telling you, be prepared. Especially, remember, terrorists don't value life at all. They don't even like their own people. They, they don't have any qualms about killing anybody. Uh, I found this out this week in that music festival, October 7th, where, um, you know, all the Israelis got killed, civilians, that the Hamas people flew in on those uh, paragliders and just killed them. Uh, A lot of them were international travelers for that music festival. They weren't Israelis. There were Israelis there, but most of them were from other countries. 20 of them were Arab. So Hamas killed Arabs. Kill their own people because well, they don't care about human life. I told you the, the the wife of one of the members of Hamas, she was explaining the way they value human life and she was saying, you guys are weak because you mourn when you lose somebody you care for and you're sad that they're not around. We have no real value that we put on human life. If one of our people dies in a suicide bombing, we rejoice because they're, they fulfilled what they were put on earth to do. We don't mourn their death. And so to them, if people die, that doesn't phase them. Right. This is the former uh, prime minister, UK, talking about this very thing. Muslims do not love other Muslims. They have no love for them. They have no love for the Palestinian peoples. None. If they had any, the Jordanians would have taken in the West Bank Palestinians, the Egyptians would have taken in the, 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 the territory they used to run the Gaza and own the Gaza, and they would have taken in the Palestinians from the Gaza. Why have the Egyptians made sure that not one uh, Palestinian is allowed to leave Gaza? Why, why do they make sure that their border wall is tough as anything? What do they mind? One thing, Jews living. Jews living. Oh, sorry. Muslims, oh, do, no, do no. they mind? One thing, Jews living. Jews living and Jews winning. It hits them deep in their soul, in their psyche. It's an ancient, ancient hatred. Perhaps the most ancient among the monotheisms. And uh, the deepest and the ugliest, the nastiest. And the one that has been least addressed. And we've imported it. Yep. Yep. That's pretty good. I mean... What can you say? We don't understand. Now, we have all these college students here that have been indoctrinated by woke professors and woke universities. And we're not talking about, you know, uh, some small podunk college. We're talking about the top 
Ivy League schools in our country, Harvard, which were at a hearing yesterday. We'll tell you about that in just a second. But all these woke students saying things they have no idea what they're talking about. You know, from the river to the sea, which means, you know, exterminated all the Jews, uh, all the other lines they use. And they have not a clue as to what's going on. They really think that the Palestinians have these oppressed... Because that's how they think about everything. They're these oppressed people. And, you know, Hamas, they're the freedom fighters that are going to free these oppressed... They don't give a crap. Mm-mm. Hamas mm-hmm. is right there because it's as close as they can get to killing Jews. And you can't put everything through the lens of oppressor versus oppressed. The world doesn't work like that. These people don't think like we do, but we think they do, and we project that on them. And then we have these massive protests, and we put up signs, kill the Jews, because they're obviously the oppressor. They're all white. They're our friends, and America's bad. That's exactly how they think. Mm-hmm. But all their thoughts don't align with the reality of the, uh, of, you just heard it. So DeSantis was approached by a reporter just another reporter, talking about what DeSantis is doing about all the violence against the Muslims here in Florida. Have you heard about all the Muslim violence that's been going on here in Florida? All these people attacking Muslims on the street? In New York, all the Muslim attacks, man. I'm I'm over it. I haven't seen any of that. There hasn't been any. But again, Jewish attacks... Attacks against Jewish people, crimes against Jews, has gone up 214% in New York City alone. In Florida, about 30%. Thank God it's lower. But yeah, that's happening. So DeSantis responded to this reporter. That is not true. They are not experiencing the similar threats. I mean, I, are, are those students being chased for their lives in some of these universities around the country? I think that's a totally false equivalence. And that's what Biden has done. Biden has responded to the unprecedented spike in anti-Semitic fervor by saying that the real problem is Islamophobia. They are not the same things. That's just not what's happening. The percentage of of crimes against people based on identity is always Jews always lead that overwhelmingly. That's just the fact on it. Yes. Now, yesterday there was a hearing and uh, some of the students from NYU, MIT, Harvard and Penn State were brought up to speak and they're talking about how it's 1939 all over again. Mm-hmm. The Holocaust. I mean, they they're facing death threats on a daily basis. They don't leave their dorms. The university the university itself tells them not to wear anything on their body. This is this is this is the Holocaust. Not to wear anything on their body, the Star David, or anything that would indicate that they're Jewish. Can you imagine there's a university saying that to the students that are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to be educated at these schools? No. It's crazy. So no, it's absolutely nuts. So uh yesterday, uh, you know, one of these students, her name is Bella Ingerber, and she's a junior at NYU. A Jew at NYU is walking to class and passing torn and defaced posters of innocent hostages with the words occupier and murderer written across their faces. It is going to Bope's library to study and being interrupted by unauthorized protests where students and faculty call for a globalized intifada revolution, an incitement to violence against Jews everywhere, and a call for the annihilation of the Jewish state and my friends and family who live there. Being a Jew at NYU is being surrounded by students and faculty who support the murder and kidnapping of Jews because after all, as they say, resistance is justified when people are occupied. Isn't that something? People keep messaging us saying it's not Penn State. It's University of Pennsylvania. University of Pennsylvania. My bad. Um, 
Lots of students spoke yesterday. I can't play all of them, but they all pretty much said the same thing. Uh, one of them said, many of my friends ran after the dean's of students office when they were invaded during lunch. And a bunch of students, 200 of them, marched through the lunchroom saying, kill all the Jews, what? exterminate Israel. Yeah. So him and his friends, they're all Jewish, ran up to the dean of students' office and the DEI office, diversity, inclusion, and idiocy. The DEA off, DEI office locked the doors so they <gasps> couldn't come in. What? They claimed it was for their own safety. What did you think? The Jewish students running from the people that are trying to uh, say kill all Jews were going to hurt them? We heard nothing from Harvard. Mm-hmm. And then the president of Harvard and the president of Pennsylvania University? Yeah. University, University of, Penn, of Pennsylvania. Were uh, at a hearing yesterday and asked about all this and what they're doing about it. Penn let Professor Ahmad Amala off the hook, who led hundreds of students in chanting, there's only one solution, Intifada revolution. Why does that professor still have a job at your university? Representative, our approach to uh, speech is as I identified, it follows and is guided by the United States Constitution, uh, which allows for robust perspectives. Based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? This is the president of Harvard. I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Yet, it was allowed to happen, and it continues to be allowed to happen. A hundred professors wrote a letter to her, you're listening to the president of Harvard, and told her to condemn Israel. She hasn't done it. But still, you hear what she's talking about here. Yeah. How, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it's, we, we're very, well, she says it. We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive. Yeah, she says that. Meanwhile, just a couple of months ago, this guy set up a table there at Harvard. They didn't make the news with a bunch of Trump, you know, merch, not selling it, just giving it away and, you know, talking to people and stuff. Professor, not a student. Well, some students came up there and cursed him out. They were F you, F you. And then the mm-hmm. professor came up and turned the table over on him. And nothing happened to hit the him with his own. Hit him with his own table. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Nah, nothing. No, nothing. No, but ch- what happened to the student? The student complained to Harvard. Harvard didn't respond. But didn't the student get ex- kicked out? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Later, later, the student got expelled. Yep. It's a true, it's unbelievable. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes or no question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can't answer the question. Isn't that something? Here's a young lady who is a uh, student in New York, but she's in Israel right now trying to help her family. She took a semester off, and she remains unnamed, fear for her life. And she uh, put this little message on Instagram uh, asking these questions. I just wanted to come on here and say something to the people that are protesting in London and the United States and in every other place in the world, uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, pro-whatever the f*** happened here in the past couple of days. I think you're missing a very, very crucial point using your low peanut brain. So I want to help you a little bit. I want to know if you understand that if you were here partying at this festival, you would be today in Gaza or dead. 
Do you understand they don't check people's protesting history before uh, killing them and slaughtering them and raping them? Do you understand that there are people from a load of different countries that were at this festival and they're not even Israeli or Jews? Do you understand that they've killed so far about 30 Arabs, Arabs killing other Arabs? Do you understand they don't check your passport before you? Do you understand that you would be dead today if you were there? I just really want to know if you understand that because for you to stand there and support what happened to innocent people and for women to have the audacity to stand there and be happy that this is happening when this just as much could have been you being R-worded next to your friend's dead bodies is madness to me. Yep, it's madness, but it's happening. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's just really moving. Anyway, uh, let's see. Where do we want to go with this? Oh, okay. Scumbag time. Ready? Oh, boy. Okay. So, um, Gavin Newsom did that little uh, debate with uh, DeSantis yes. on Hannity. It was really good. DeSantis won on substance. substance. Uh, Gavin Newsom, in my opinion, wins on charisma and um, just appeal. doesn't matter what he's saying because pretty much he lied his way through the entire thing. There was even graphs up there by third-party CDC, Treasury Department, and he refuted them. He just completely said, no, that's not true. This is what's true. It was all a lie. I think there was one time he said that told the truth. And then after that, I uh, played a piece of when this is about when he was San Francisco's mayor, and he had taken this 19-year-old to an event, a black tie event. She's 19. You can't drink there unless you're 21. Mm-hmm. And she was drinking with him. He was on TV. She was on his arm. It was something else. Then a few days later, ABC News, not Fox News, not Newsmax, ABC News approaches him and is a good reporter. And he's talking about the problem in San Francisco with drunk driving and DUIs and DWIs and all that stuff. And he's talking about, you know, people underage drinking. And he and Gavin Newsom says what? He's like, yeah, that's a real problem. I feel like we need to tackle that head on. Underage drinking is the, is the reason a lot of this is happening. And then the reporter immediately segues into, well, um, you did take a 19-year-old to an event where she was underage drinking. Oh. Yeah. And he, he was like, oh, you have the gotcha questions. And he walks a lot away. And then he turns around and does the thing where it's like, and another thing. And he keeps yelling at the guy. But, you know, we got him. He didn't answer the question. Yeah. So now there's a follow-up to that. Top California official... Gavin Newsom, who 10 years ago was mayor of San Francisco, apparently had an affair. Why? He was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. Remember Kimberly, who's now a Trump supporter? Well, she's, she's now married she's to married, Don Jr. Married to Don Jr., yeah. So she is supporting Trump. Obviously. Supporting the Trumps. So uh, he made a little apology the other day. We didn't know about this. Gavin Newsom's California lieutenant governor, who is running for governor of the state of uh who is go- okay? Back up. Gavin Newsom, California's lieutenant governor, who is running for governor of the Golden State at this moment, um, had a. He, you, why don't you tell me? Because I'm going to well, basically screw this up. back in 2007 when he was still mayor of San Francisco, not governor yet. He was running for governor. He had a best friend who's also his campaign manager. Right. Yeah. Okay, and uh, he slept with his wife <laughs> while he was married to Guilfoyle. What? So he's what? married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. He's uh. He's uh, got a best friend who's his campaign manager. Best buddy, campaign manager. Very important. And he sleeps with his best friend's his wife. wife. 
I think that deserves a little. Holy and cow. cue the prepared politician, I'm going to walk this whole thing back speech. Everything you've heard and read is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am deeply sorry about that. I've hurt someone I care deeply about, Alex Turk, his friends and family. And that is something that I have to live with and something that I am deeply sorry for. I am also sorry that I've let the people of San Francisco down. Uh, They expect a lot of their mayor and my personal lapse of judgment aside, uh, I am committed to restoring their trust and confidence and will work very hard in the upcoming months to make sure that the business of running the city is framed appropriately. Now, ah. how, how many women, I mean, I'm not putting down women, because I put down men all day, so it's okay. But how many, there's a segment of women, how many of them heard that, were watching that when it happened back in, what, 20, what is it, 20, 2007, uh, put, their ha- put their hands together and go, oh, look, he's being honest. Oh, he's so cute. It's the charm. But you know who else was charming? Ted Bundy. <laughs> uh, good point. Yeah, he was. You're right. You're absolutely you know? right. So was the who was the good guy? Good looking dude, charming. Who was the guy that threw his wife and baby in the ocean in California? What was his name? What? Oh, don't you remember him? Yeah. He was charming. Mm-hmm. Can't fall for that. Isn't that something? And you know, Gavin Newsom went back to his office and started going. Pfft. Was that good? Got him. Uh, yeah, Got you know, him. you know, the other guy, his, his manager is going. Yeah, that was great, man. You, you, that was great. Do you think they're still friends? Oh, I mean, those two. He's, he's obviously not still married to because. Kelly, because she's married to Don Jr. now, and now he's got a new wife. Bless her. Yeah, what was? Did she see that? <laughs> uh, clearly not. Wow. Yeah, he had a momentary lapse in judgment, maybe once or twice or a couple times in the back of her car. So but- did Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> God. Now, um, last night uh, Trump did a uh, town hall with Sean Hannity in Iowa. It was huge. Do you remember which cut is where he talks about? Biden not running for president because I really uh, I, I really believe Biden's not going to be the cognitive one I, I can't believe I'm saying this but I hope Biden at least makes it till middle of the summer next well, summer because you don't have to deal with Kamala right because that would be a disaster considering what we're going through she it's a disaster already huh I mean it, nobody let her do anything well, let's hope so. You'd be like, why don't you sit behind the desk and look pretty while we figure out what to do? Okay, I got uh, MAGA we did. We got uh, nuclear danger. Is there anywhere here where he talks? Well, he doesn't think Biden's going to be his, the guy he's going to be running uh, I, against. I think a lot of people don't. I think it's going to be Gavin Newsom. Of course it is. So it's real important that this stuff keeps surfacing. So you get, I don't think it's going to matter. Mm-hmm. I think if Gavin Newsom runs, he has a good chance of winning simply because of his charisma and his looks. I, I don't think substance enters into it. It's terrible. I got people in my family, grown adults who walk upright with children, <laughs> with children that don't drink. You mean they're not apes? That's that, weird. That will get about three days from the election and go, um, yeah, he's cute. Oh, I love his voice. Oh, look at the way he dresses. And we'll vote for him. And you know what's sad is because you have a lot of Democrats 
uh, free thinking Democrats, not super progressive lefties, but that now are thinking of voting for Trump, right? Because they don't want to vote for Biden like they did last time. They're like, that can't happen again. So maybe I'll vote for Trump. But if Biden's not the nominee and it's Newsom, they'll be like, okay, so this way I get away with not voting for Trump, but then I don't have to vote for Biden. Mm-hmm. It's like a loophole. I don't know that they want Gavin Newsom. They're just still going to do what they did last time, which is vote against Trump instead of for the right candidate. And it's going to happen all over again. They're not going to learn from their mistake. Gavin Newsom is, to, in my estimation, the most dangerous man and threat to this country I think we've ever had. That's why the intense music. Oh. Yep. Oh. We'll see what happens. Well, you just have to look at California. Just look at California. Mm-hmm. Read up about California. and if, I don't think that's even going to... For, for you don't the, have to look at California. Again, I just played you. Everything you've heard and read is true. <laughs> And he even admitted it when he cleared out all the homeless before Xi Jinping came to California. And he was like, I bet you're wondering if I did this just because a, you know, a, a high-ranked dictator was coming to town. I don't think he called him a dictator. I think he called him a diplomat. And he said, and you'd be right. Yeah. He's like, what? So you've been able to do this the whole time? You just didn't? No, I asked for money for it and pocketed that and then act like I couldn't do anything. Did he wink after he said that? <laughs> he might, might as, as well, well have. slicked his hair back with some fresh... <laughs> 5W30. <laughs> Melbourne's mayor, yes, Melbourne's mayor wants Brightline conductors to stop blowing the horn after midnight. Okay. When do most drunk drivers inebriate themselves? You know what I'm saying? Late at night, usually. Usually. And when you're drunk and you, and you see some blinking lights and you got to get home because you think your wife's going to find out that you've been out with another woman. Or if you're walking across the tracks, like over here on Princeton, a lot of people are walking around those. Yeah, that's when the train hits you, and then what happens after that? Oh, the story comes on the local news. Man gets hit by thing because the bright, the tree, and then Brightline gets pooped on and everything. But now the mayor wants Brightline to stop blowing the horn on this train. Interesting. Excessive horn blowing just because they got that button in their hand? That's bull crap. Yeah, because I think the reason they blow the horn is because they get off on it. It's not because they're trying not to kill people yeah. like you, Mr. Sorry, did they this wake guy. you from your slumber, They Grandpa? do, apparently. This guy lives right next to the tracks, and he's very upset. Well, that's his fault for okay. moving in next to train tracks. You think it's going to be silent? Yeah. He's been living there the whole time, but now the bright line's running constantly. But yeah. the train the tracks have been there, before yes? Before him. Okay. Yeah, but not 30 times a day, and yeah. that's his problem. Oh, okay. Let's ask him Go on. <laughs> and laying on the horn overnight, does that wake you up? Yeah, it wakes me up. They not only blow at the crossing, if their friends are working out here on the line, they beep at them. You mean not to hit them? To warn them that a train's coming? That Not to smush the construction workers? Wow. You really want I love some... how he just assumes they're all friends. Yeah. Let's ask him <laughs> to another house, you moron. I love that. Those are the people that move next to an airport. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they wake up one morning and they see the plane go, oh my God, honey, call the city council. They, they got to remove that airport. They do. They make phone calls to complain about the airplanes. It's like you knew there was an airport. There's always been an airport there. Well, I mean, let's put it this way, though. You got to get some people slack. If they've lived there for 30 years and then an airport gets built next to their house. That doesn't happen. There's no... Well, maybe this guy's lived next to the train tracks. The train goes by once a day. No big deal. Now you get like a sunrail action where it's like every, uh, you know, But you're not smart enough to realize that the possibility of more trains because the track is there? 
Yeah, but do you expect 30 a day? Uh, it shouldn't matter. It's a train track. <laughs> Eventually, you could become busier or less busy. You oh. moved next to a train. You you put your house near a volcano. Right. Yeah, but sometimes you can't help that. Like, what about those people that live next to I-4? They might have been a block away, but now thanks to eminent domain. You moved tr- next to a high, a major yeah, artery. But the high, you weren't next to it. Now the highway's expanded to be next to your house. Seriously? It's really? You're going to argue that? Seriously? Like, I Somebody live, has to? I live above a bar. I knew when I moved in that guess what? On the weekends, might be a little bad. Last little call for alcohol. Why? Because I live above a bar. That's why. It might not be loud Monday through Friday, but on the weekends, it's probably going to be loud. Is that the same bar you ate the burger at? No, I ate the burger at STK. All right. Wait, you left the neighborhood? Jill's I been, went all the way to Disney. Jill has been, what are you? A vegetarian. Vegetarian. I'm not a good, very good one, apparently. Well, you were up to this point, because you come in no. with all kinds, you you got equipment. I haven't eaten meat, be honest with you, I haven't eaten meat in years, years and years and years. And, um, yeah, I kind of broke it the other day. Wow. Well, I went, we were doing Christmas shopping out at Disney Springs, and we were walking around, and I said, are you, I'm getting hungry, are you hungry? My husband's like, Sure. I had been craving a cheeseburger, but for some reason, you know, I and usually if I craved a cheeseburger, I would go find a veggie burger somewhere. And they have a deluxe burger out there, and I could have done that, but um, my, they have a special at STK at Disney Springs. It's $9.99, and they're not paying me to say this, for a Wagyu beef burger, Ooh. and it's a burger and fries. And I was like, my husband was like, oh, I'd love that. I said, well, let's go in here. You can get yourself a burger. I'll get something else. So I look at the menu. Everything other than the burger was like 40 plus dollars, including the sides. Like if I wanted a side of a potato, it was 19 bucks. And I was like, it's a very expensive restaurant. Great restaurant, outrageously expensive. So I thought, I've been craving a burger the whole day. Should I just get the burger? I mean, it's cheaper. It's 9.99 and it's a good quality burger. So my husband was like, are you, are you really gonna eat the burger? You should do it, do it. So I'm like, I'll, I'll That's not just- what he said, but. Oh, I can't say what he said. So, so, um, so I, I said, I'll eat half of it. So I, I, I get the burger. It's huge. Can't we soften it up? Because it's so funny. No, I can't say That's that. what she said. <laughs> well, he, he, he became aroused. He's very excited I was going to eat the burger. Very excited. Put his jacket over his lap. Stop. <laughs> so I said, well, I'll eat half of it. The burger comes and I ate it. And he's like, what Did he watch? Think? Yeah, well, he was eating his too. And he goes, what do you think? I said, it's, del- it's delicious. I mean, it's a Wagyu beef burger. And I don't make a habit, you know, I'm, and I'm not going to continue to eat meat. I'm not going to like yeah, yeah, whatever. keep eating meat, so, but I did eat a cheeseburger. So I come into work the other day and I'm like, Rick, I got to tell you something. You called it though. You go, you ate meat. Well, and the I, look on your face was like you, 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 I don't know, I had said, a baby. I said, I did. I ate a cheeseburger the other day. And, and the thing is that her understated um, a delivery of the information uh, really didn't um, give credence to all the stuff leading up to that. For instance, she'll come in with a mason jar full of like, there's like twigs and it looks like something in a museum, you know. It's vegetables. It's tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers. You and- ever go to a natural museum and they got the ancient aardvark squirrel and it's a, <laughs> it's a good dull lighting and it's got red rocks behind it and you see the stuff that taxidermied animals. Does it look like a centerpiece from Pier 1? Yeah, yeah. That's what, the, that's what the jars look like. When she brings these mason jars, there's like things in it. It's we don't a know. deconstructed avocado cupcake, Rick. Yeah. Much. And then she'll put some kind of cat vomit on top of this. It's thing cottage cheese. It's vomit. And then it looks like 
some kind of bread kind of. It's probably it some some kind of bread. It is bread. Well, I don't know. It's bread. It's Chinese. Trader Joe's. It's it's not bread. It's some kind of con- congealed wheat mass. So anyway, she comes in here, and this has been going on for years. And once in a while, I poke fun of her because that's what people who eat meat do. They poke fun. I know I'm unhealthy when I eat meat, but you know that's I take it out on her and make fun exactly. of her veganism. But to 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 find out that she ate meat, so to us is so shocking. I don't think you realize the firestorm you started. Did you watch TV that night? I didn't think it was going to be this big. No, I didn't. I was avoiding it. See? You should have seen it. ABC News. And now, an NBC breaking news story. The international response has been overwhelming. Leaders from all over the world react in horror at Jill eating a hamburger. Temperatures rise. Is Taylor Swift involved? Joe Biden drop out of the race now. Doesn't Joe realize what she's done against the LGBTQ plus plus RX PVC community? <laughs> President Biden, what have you to say? Well, you're gonna get gas just like me, dear. Gas. <laughs> Does this mean we will no longer fund Ukraine's defense against Russia? What about the drag queens? Comment Elon Musk. Yes, uh, Jill, if you think you can get me to like you just because you're eating meat now, well, um, you know, uh, go, go f*** yourself. Yes, yeah. go f*** yourself. Meat is hate! Meat is hate! Meat is hate! What about you, Mr. Trump? Hey, Jill, wanna go out for a Big Mac? There's a Mickey D's near my lago. Stop the meat! Meat is hate! Wow. This has been an NBC special news report. Wow. The Sunny Updates. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. So wake up, people. Having fun with the world gone crazy. It's brought to you by All Electric Services. So you want to hear some of the jobs that are most in demand for 2024? This is according to Randstad. USA's top 15 most in-demand jobs. What do you mean? They're demanding or they they need people? Uh, that people want to oh, work people there, want I believe. To, so these aren't necessarily know. jobs you can get. Okay. Uh, I got to warn you, they're all pretty boring. Um, should I go backwards? It's not like number one is super exciting. I don't care. Uh, net developer. Dot, dot net developer. What's that? I have no idea. Smoke, you should know that. What's that about? A .NET developer? Is that like a .com developer? I assume somebody that makes websites. Okay. Okay. Salary range between $80,000 and $141,000. It depends on the city you live in. So if you want to make $141,000, you go to New York, and then you'll be living like you're making twenty. Here's one that's shocking. That's yeah. true. I've thought about moving in the middle of nowhere to be a rich debutante. If you've ever seen the movie uh, <laughs> Flashdance. Wasn't she a welder in Flashdance? Um, no, she's a janitor. She's no, she was a, a welder. Wel- Oh, no, she was a machinist. Oh, Rushy? No, she was a... Uh, Pretty sure she was a welder. Fabricator? Okay. Whatever. Salary range, $16 an hour to $26 an hour. That's it? To do what? To be a welder. You weld things, I'm assuming. Oh. Okay. And unweld things. You, you know, be, things in the welding industry. You gotta be good at that. Isn't it... Uh, you're cutting if you're unwelding? I don't know. Uh, call center representative. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that once for a job, and the only reason I did it is because my best friend was working with me. Corporate accounts, this is Jill. Just a moment. Corporate accounts, this is Jill. Just a moment. 
accurate. So, but no, I worked for, what was the hotel chain? I can't remember. It was either Marriott or Hilton where I had to call the hotels and pretend like I was booking a hotel mm-hmm. and I had a list in front of me and I had to check off and make sure they offered me the, the free breakfast. Right. Would you like this room and blah, blah, blah. And you're using the major, I had to check off all the things. For the review book for yep. the thing. Yeah. Um, it was so boring. Oh my God. And this lady, it was weird. She was such a weirdo. Had it been a, at a an office, maybe it would have been a little bit better, but she ran it out of her house. Uh-huh. So it was a bunch of college students. Oh, there was God. like five of us upstairs in her house and her little kids would run around half naked, like just in their underwear, no shirts and no socks. And I remember it used to be so weird and I, I just felt weird in was her house. Was there cameras under the table no, you didn't know like, about? Her yeah. house had a weird smell and she was weird and her kids were weird. And I just, I think I lasted maybe... Two months and I was like, peace out. I'm not oh, doing this woman again. in somebody's smell, house. That's huh? very strange. Yeah. And she had like a. Tell us more about the smell. Well, I don't know. It was You know how everyone's home has a smell? Like you go in yeah. and it's like their smell. It's not always necessarily yeah, bad. Yeah, mine is cat feces. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Really? I can't wait to come yeah. over. This is because of the cat feces candles I have. <laughs> Jill, what's your place smell like? Um, Right now it smells like pine needles because I got a new Christmas candle. It's glorious. Um, forklift operator. Oh, I always wanted to do that. Really? Yeah, I just want to speed around the It can't the be easy. Aren't you aisles. afraid of knocking things over? Well, maybe at first, but what's a few broken bottles of All peach right. cobbler uh, when you can, you know, learn how to do that <laughs> yeah, thing right? Peach cobbler. I, I hear they bottle key peach cobbler. It's Whatever. the newest thing. Uh, financial analysis. Oh, God. Boring. You ever see those commercials? A lot of money, though. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's a ton I'm of a fiduciary. No, you look more like a douchiary. <laughs> I always What's wondered a about fiduciary? that. A fiduciary is somebody that does finance. Yeah, they promise they, they promise to be honest or something. They have to work for you. you I know, am right. an honest fiduciary. So you mean mm-hmm. to tell me there was a meeting at some point where everybody sat down in some kind of boardroom to come up with a name for this profession, and they settled on fiduciary? Yeah. I put the douche in douchiary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rest of these are boring. I don't want to do the story anymore. Well, they're all boring. Yeah. <laughs> they're all boring. Let me see them. Smell. I'm looking at the list. Oh, this, I want to be this. What? Full stack developer. What the hell's that? Somebody uh, works at a strip club. That's <laughs> nice. You stack the dollar bills? No. Full stack developer. <laughs> Let me develop those for you. What's a full stack developer? It's computer stuff. Salary, 131000 to develop stacks. Yeah, but it's your type. Bring your stacks over here. So if you're on a lot of drugs, like Rick apparently is right now, uh, this might matter to you with CVS. Oh, God. They're changing the formula it uses to price their drugs. It's the smell. And they're now going to base the cost on the amount it pays for the drug. So depending on how much CVS pays for the specific drug to carry it, they are saying that's going to limit the markup and service fees for customers. Really? Yeah, because we have a weird policy right now where, like, if you ask for a specific... Uh, like generic drug, they'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. But if you get prescribed like a you know a, a fancy version, they're not allowed to tell you the price of the cheap one. Really? really? Yeah. I always ask for the generic off the bat. I'll say, I, I, I know it, I get this, but give me the generic. I think it might vary from state to state, but yeah, there's sometimes like they're not allowed to tell you the price because you would obviously opt for the cheaper one. Well, yeah. Who's, not, who's who's going to go, no, I want to pay more? I feel bad for those people that have ED. Have you seen? I never saw them. I had no idea what the prices were. I thought they were like $2 a pill. You could buy, you don't know, 50 Viagra bucks a month. Viagra is outrageous. What the, what the hell? And first of all, if you want to have sex three times a month, it was like $100 and $200. Mm-hmm. How much is it worth to you? $200. You pay for a hooker for that, get you excited. I know. 
<laughs> I mean, it's like the it's so much money, and that's for like the generic. Not a very good one. <laughs> Can't you just buy those weird little pills that you probably shouldn't take at the gas station? Oh yeah, like the snake thing. Yeah, oh, is that what, are like, those ED pills? And a, and a no, they're, they're fake. No, but they're all know, full of stimulants. Yeah, it's and like, a conda juice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for the like macho man. Horny wasp goo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, God, that's crazy. So you 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 have to ask for the generic. And I always ask for the generic. And do they, you if you don't, it? they just give you the the expensive stuff. And you know what I do? I'll turn it down. I just won't take it. I went to the I went to the pharmacy one time. Thank God we have good insurance here at this company. But I went to the uh, pharmacy one time. I forgot. I think I wasn't feeling well. And they're like, that'll be three hundred seventy five dollars. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need it. Keep it. It's fine. Don't you have a generic? Go yourself. Oh, okay, exactly. all right. Sorry for asking. <laughs> um, speaking of medicine, this is really interesting, especially if you've ever known anyone uh, with Alzheimer's, which yeah, is yeah, my the mom, most my dad, everybody. Saddest disease you'll ever witness, especially if you're a family member that has to witness somebody else in your family going through it. It's just terrible. Um, now they can test you for Alzheimer's, which I don't. If correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can. You have to go through a series of tests for Alzheimer's. I don't think you can just check for it. Yeah, but you already have it. it. Right, but you can't check for it with just a simple blood test, right? No. I, no, no, I don't think you can. Well, now so. um, they're saying by the year 2024, there could be an Alzheimer's blood test that could hit the market. Whoa. Wow. Which would be very interesting because maybe you could catch it earlier. I don't know what you do for that, though, because there's no... Well, I saw something the other day. I remember now because I'm a fan of the coffee. It was like four cups a day helps like, like a 27% reduction of you possibly entering Alzheimer's. Really? Yeah. Wow. Something with the coffee and the antioxidants. Aren't you supposed to keep doing things with your mind to keep yourself... Yeah, I don't know if that works. Yeah, I don't know. you're supposed to use chopsticks instead of silverware. Oh, Really? Yeah, because it's like your brain has to think of like one extra way to, it's not just holding the sticks right, but also picking up the food. It's like one extra thing your brain does. My mom. Instead of just shoveling. My mom had Alzheimer's. I lived through that whole thing. Yeah. It's funny because the people around her were more upset than she was. She was laughing all the time. It's like she would call me and go, I, I think I'm at home. I don't know where I am. I said, well, it's your place. You you live there. Yeah. And she would go, I see my pictures, but this is not my place. And I go. Oh, bless. I go, mom, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching, you know, some TV show, but right. this is not my place. <laughs> and she was she would always find it fascinating. Okay. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. I know there's some people that don't, that don't do well, but there's some people yeah. that just don't know where they are, but it doesn't affect them very much. And so that I was lucky. Well, even if you have like a, a, a like a light kind of case, like my grandmother, but she went blind from glaucoma, but the oh, lack of the visual reminder that's only sped it up. You know, um, and there's some Alzheimer cases that are awful. Yeah, awful. You know, but uh, people react differently to this. It's a terrible disease. Have you ever oh. seen the Notebook? Not it's been out forever. Oh not gosh, the that's, I know. Oh, and that's, I didn't see it. Well, the the whole. The whole love story is about this mm -hmm. couple that's now elderly and she has Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So he goes and tells her the stories about their love story to try to make her remember. And so it's like she remembers and, and they and it's such a sweet thing and then she forgets again and it's very sad to yeah. watch him it's have like, to go through. What was that movie with, uh, it's a different disease, but uh, I don't even know if it exists. Are you the talking one? about with De Niro with Parkinson's? No, no, no. The 51st Dates oh. with uh, Adam Sandler and... Yeah. Uh, uh, Drew Barrymore there. Yeah. He had to play the video every morning to every remind her. Every day reminder who he was. Who he was yeah. and yeah, who I she to, was. I used to go to a Tai Chi class with this guy and he used to be like a NASA rocket scientist. Real rocket scientist. Wow. Him and his wife would go and he had like super Alzheimer's though. 
So, like, he would still get calls to the house from NASA going, hey, we need your help. And she'd have to explain, like, he can't do that stuff anymore. But you'd see him in class, and they'd bring him to Tai Chi for this because, you know, you'd see him kind of look around, like, super confused and lost. But everybody would be doing the same motions and doing the same things. So he would just follow with everybody. And after a second, you'd see him, like, click back and be like, oh, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing here. Wow. And sometimes it would just take that, like, little thing of, you know, doing the same thing with everybody to bring you back in. Well, maybe they'll come up with a cure at some point. You know. But the blood test is hopeful, yeah? Yeah. It's only a million dollars. Here's something that's (laughs) interesting. When you think of uh, a delicatessen or or delicacy, I should say, or a specialty of a food in China, what would you think of? Oh, God. Squid? Bat soup? Okay. So now there's a new trend. This is so ridiculous. Grilled ice cubes cooked on a barbecue... What? Not. Uh, and if you believe that, I can sell you some air. It's like the Lorax. Have you ever seen the Lorax? No. O'Hare, he's the mayor of the town, sells people oxygen, and he wants all the trees in the town cut down because they're a threat to his business. What? they give up oxygen. And all these people will have their air delivered to them, their fresh breathing air. I feel like it's There's the same There's air kind. bars. I see that's a Dr. Seuss book, but look yeah. at bottled water. Right. So I think this is like <laughs> the same thing where they're grilling ice cubes on a barbecue and they put some spices on it, and they hand you a bowl of ice cube. You couldn't do it. You're, you it's just a, frozen do you, water. Do they have grill so marks? How do you grill them without it turning into water? It's it's very quickly. If you watch the video, and they they squeeze some sauce over it and put some spices on it, and it's on a grill, and then they dump it into a bowl and hand it to you, and no, people are paying no, for no. it. No, what is it? April first? What you, is this? You're kidding, right? No, I'm not. You're serious? Yes, it's a real thing. No. Ice cube fajitas. Ice cube fillets. <laughs> ice cube stroganoff. Mm. You're seeing a trend here. There's only one food that's cool, solid, and versatile, and that's ice cubes. Here you go, honey. Dinner is served. But this is just a bunch of ice cubes. Nope, it's soup. Let me just add some water. Um, now it's ice water. Eat the ice soup. We have no money. Yes, ma'am. Otherwise, you get no dessert, which is also ice. So try the food that's dirt cheap and tasty. Ice cubes. It's what's for dinner. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you ready for some stupid news? It's stupid. Yeah. But we like it. Here's Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. All right. So a Pittsburgh-based disciplinary council has recommended that an Erie, Pennsylvania lawyer receive a suspension for at least a year and a day after admitting to being high on cocaine at most of his hearings. Oh. Nathaniel Strasser, 44, even argued at the disciplinary hearing that cocaine makes him a better lawyer. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. (laughs) He says he likened the high to being on lots of caffeine and steroids. He worked Lots as a, of caffeine and steroids? Yeah. Strasser uh, worked as a part-time assistant public defender and represented a woman who was charged with driving under the influence of a controlled substance. Interesting. Hmm. Strasser was very hyperactive and fidgety during the hearing, and the judge accused him of being on drugs. Urine tests confirmed the, suspen- the suspicion, suspicion that he was on cocaine. He said he's not addicted. <sighs> they all say that. Yeah, Hunter said the same thing. <laughs> A Massachusetts woman returned to her lucky store she won because she was collecting her $25 million jackpot from a scratch-off lottery ticket. What? And she won another $500 while she was there. Jeez. Whoa, 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 whoa. She wins $25 million and then another $500? Yeah, $500. Desiree Fontini-Craft, who previously collected a $1 million prize in 2006, won the Wait, 25 what? Yeah. She won before, 2006, won the $25 million top prize from a billion-dollar extravaganza scratch-off ticket. She purchased at the Baker Street Market in West Roxbury, the Massachusetts State Lottery, told us. 
Oh, come on! Fontini Craft Shed, she revealed the top prize, then stowed the ticket away in a safe place while she took a vacation in Aruba with her fiancé, Jason Perkins. She collected her winnings December 1st. Fontini Craft returned to the same store a week later and bought another ticket, $50 ticket, the one I like, mm-hmm. the 500X, and won 500 bucks. I'm telling you, man. So, I, no, no, that's, that's, she's not a real person, is she? I, I really honestly believe there's something to people who have that kind of luck. You said that the other day. Well, think about it. We read these stories all the time. The guy went up in Boston, the same place, and remember he bought that, um, he bought one scratch off, and the guy made a mistake and gave him five, so he won all five. Mm-hmm. So instead of winning, like, I think it was 100000 he won, like, 500000 Yeah, but your odds of winning the lottery, I depending know. on what it is, is like one in 300 million. Oh, that's what I'm saying. This lady gets three wins? That's- I've never won over $100 in my life. How about the guy the other day? We had a guy here. I think he won in uh, South Florida. He won $10 million just three years ago, won another $25 million down in Miami. Damn! How do you do that? How do that's you do what I'm that? saying. There's something to it. You know, I, I could see if you win a million dollars, right, and then you get like a 10 or maybe, you, again, you 500 bucks. Sure, I could see that happening. When you get these double bazillion dollar jackpots, I'm like... What are you crazy, doing? crazy. Are they really ugly or something? Sometimes you get well, dealt a really bad deck of cards, and God's like, mm, "I'm gonna throw you a bone." Maybe really they already small. spent six million in lotto tickets over their lifetime trying to get that. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, this seems to happen a lot. A woman in Michigan was arrested after trying to shoplift at Walmart. <laughs> Doesn't that happen every day? Yeah, except that this day was shop with a cop day. You know, Ice cube fajitas. Why would you do that? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Shop with a cop day. You know, she's 62 years old. You she's 62? Yeah, you think she would You would know better, you know? I have a question. I'm yeah, not putting down the promotion, but why do you need to shop with a cop? Are you shopping for the cop? Are you shopping no. for the cop's family? Or is he just walking with you while well, you shop? The officers take uh, kids the, and yeah, moms around shopping and for Christmas. I yeah. don't know. Okay. They, they take the needy in and they go, hey, do you want something? Oh, what, they what, buy yeah, it for Yeah, they them. buy it for oh, you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She stole over $700, $700 worth of merchandise. Yeah, it's not like you can't find someone to go with and the cops are like, I'll go with you. They didn't have to even <laughs> call the cops. She just tapped on the shoulder of one of the cops that was there. What do you mean, officer? All right. TikToker Brett from California shared a video of her unusual... Dis- a girl named Brett? Brittany? Brittany. Okay. Brittany. Shared a video of our unusual discovery. She put her Christmas tree up. I guess this can happen and you get these real trees. Yeah. And her faux snow uh, was sprayed on already from last year. She put some tinsel on and yeah. she freaked out. Why? Staring back at her from in the middle of the tree was a possum. Oh. I am okay. so scared stuff like that's going to, like in Christmas vacation when the squirrel pops the squirrel out. squirrel pops out. Woo. Yep, the possum can be seen sitting calmly deep inside the Christmas tree, looking back at the woman. The video quickly went viral, racking up 4.2 million views and thousands of people flocking to the comments section to express their shock. Wow, yes, ooh, that's crazy, scary. Did the possum not just fall on its back and get stiff and play dead? Don't they do that? When one guy said, girl, I'd pack my suitcase and just let him have the tree and move out of the house. Rick, girl. Another one said, Santa gave me an early Christmas present. Oh, are they going to keep it as a pet? (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a scene, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Get ready for the surefire way to make sure your kids behave this holiday season. Move over, Elf on the Shelf, and get ready for Possum in a Christmas Tree. The real live possum that hangs out inside your Christmas tree and keeps your kids in line. Hey, sweetie, did you clean your room? Um, sure, Dad. Of course. Oh, yeah? Let's see what the possum has to say. (laughs) 
Okay, fine. I'll clean my room. Just don't let the possum hurt me. You'll love the possum in a Christmas tree. All right, time for dinner. Ew, broccoli. Okay, fine. I'll eat the broccoli. Thanks, possum in the Christmas tree. You're welcome. Possum in a Christmas tree. Keep your kids in line with a possum today. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I'm not always like this in the morning. On 105.9 Sunny FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 